0: This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone, from Texas World Speedway in College Station, Texas. It is a hot one here this afternoon as 34 of the best Winston Cup drivers in the world get ready to run for 400 miles here on a two-mile track that is one tough piece of asphalt. This is a sister racetrack, in a sense, to the one at Michigan, up in Brooklyn, Michigan, the beautiful Speedway up there. Uh, The only difference in the two racetracks being there's two degrees difference in the banking in the corners. That two degrees plays a big part in speeds here at this particular track. It makes it some six to eight miles an hour faster in the lap speeds the drivers turn around here. The NASCAR Budweiser 400 is the 14th race of the Winston Cup season here at Texas World Speedway. NASCAR stock car racing, of course, the most competitive motor racing in the world today. In 13 races this year, there have already been seven different winners. And there have been ten different bush pole winners for that bush pole sweepstakes. The competition will continue here today as the 34 drivers get ready to do their thing. The cars have been pulled on a pit road. Right now it is overcast a little bit, quite a bit of clouds in the sky. There's been a lot of rain in the state of Texas during the week. We had some yesterday morning, had a few thunder showers here today. But for the most part, I think we're home free as far as getting the race in this afternoon. For the thousands of Texas race fans who'll be here today, yesterday was something special for them. One of their own, a young Texas driver, Terry Labotti from nearby Corpus Christi, knocked off the best drivers in NASCAR to pick up the bush pole for today's 400 miler. He's certainly the favorite of the crowd today, but to win will be a hard task for his stratigraph team. The heat will be a big factor here. It always is at Texas World Speedway. Humidity very high. Temperature expected to go into the 90s before the afternoon is over. And Ned Jarrett, who's standing by on Pitt Road. And Ned, let me say it's a pleasure to have you back working with us after being away a few races. He can probably fill us in a little bit on what the heat will do not only to the drivers but to the cars themselves.
2: Well, thank you, Barney. Certainly it's nice to be back on the uh, MRN radio broadcast again. It has been a while. It is going to be exceptionally hot here. However, if it stays overcast the way it is right now, it will be helpful to everybody, not only the drivers out on the track, but the crew members here in the pits. And I think that they might be the ones that will suffer most if the sun does come out because it's very humid here this afternoon and everybody just uh, sitting around in the shade is perspiring. Of course we know that races are won and lost in the pits and how important that work is and today's race is no exception and they've been preparing themselves with umbrellas and and wet rags and everything that they can possibly put together down here to try to keep cool even have fans in uh, many of the pits down here to try to circulate the air in case that sun just does just beam down on them here this afternoon. They uh, can go about 100 miles on a tank of fuel here at the Texas World Speedway, which means if it should happen to go green from uh, start to finish, they would need at least three pit stops or possibly four. Of course, most of them will plan to change tires during uh, most of their pit stops.
1: Let's take a look at the starting lineup for today's running of the Texas World Speedway's Budweiser 400. Starting back in 34th position is Roger Hamby of Ferguson, North Carolina in the King's End of Daytona Racing Chevrolet. Starting 33rd is Baxter Price from Monroe, North Carolina in the Broadway Motors Chevrolet. 32nd starter will be Kirk Shelmerdine of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the McDonald's Racing Pontiac. Starting in 31st position, Bobby Waywalk of Midland, North Carolina, the Louise Smith Racing Buick. Starting in 30th position is Rick Newsom from Lake Wiley, South Carolina, in the Superior Piping Racing Chevrolet. In 29th position, Rick Baldwin of Corpus Christi, Texas, starts the Price Racing Buick. 28th starter will be DK
3: Ulrich of Harrisburg, North Carolina. DK's in the Uno Buick. 27th, Dick May of Watertown, New York, driving the Raymock Racing Buick. 26th, in one of the Roger Hamby cars, is international sedan driver Lowell Cowell of Morganton, West Virginia, the King's Inn of Daytona Beach, Oldsmobile. 25th starter, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina with his Bailey Excavating Pontiac. 24th on the grid, Cecil Gordon of South Hill, Virginia with the Gordon Racing Buick. And starting 23rd, former NASCAR Grand National Rookie of the Year, Ronnie Thomas of Christianburg, Virginia, in the Thomas Racing Pontiac.
1: Starting in 22nd spot on the field is James Hilton out of Inman, South Carolina. He'll start the Palatine Automotive Racing Buick. Starting in 21st position, Jimmy Means from Huntsville, Alabama, the Broadway Motors Racing Chevrolet. And starting 20th 20th on the grid, H.B. Bailey, a Houston, Texas driver, the Alameda Racing Pontiac. Then in 19th position, Randy Ogden of Woodward, Oklahoma in the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. Starting 18th on the field, Martinsville, Virginia's Buddy Arrington will start the Hills Racing Dodge. Starting ahead of Arrington in 17th position is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North
3: Carolina in the STP Buick. 16th will be Tim Richmond, Champion Spark plug, Rookie of the Year contender. Richmond racing out of Ashland, Ohio in the Uno Oldsmobile. 15th starter is Tommy Gale of North Huntington, Pennsylvania in the Sunny King Ford Honda Ford. Fourteenth is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi in the Speed Racing Oldsmobile. And thirteenth starter, Wausau, Wisconsin's Dave Marcus driving the Norton Company Buick. Norton that will sponsor the Norton 500 at Michigan, a race we'll carry later on this year on Motor Racing Network. As the Norton Company out of Worcester, Massachusetts getting a little more involved in stock car racing, they will back Marcus in several races during the rest of the 1981 campaign.
1: Twelfth position on the field this afternoon is California's Joe Ruttman from Upland, California, the five racers Buick. And Joe has high hopes for a good, strong finish here this afternoon. He's been running well in practice all week long. Eleventh starter is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Gatorade Oldsmobile and Die racing car. And starting tenth, Richard Childress from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the Texas Steel Hauler Pontiac. Starting in ninth position, Daryl Walter, Franklin, Tennessee, the Mountain Dew Buick, and starting in eighth spot, rookie driver, Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina, the Performance Connection Racing Pontiac. The perennial bridesmaid we spoke of earlier is Harry Gann,
3: and Gann is scheduled to go to post position number seven, driving the Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham Pontiac. Sixth starter, the defending champion Spark Plug Rookie of the Year is Jody Ridley. The Mason-Dixon 500 winner just three weeks ago at Dover, Ridley is from Chatsworth, Georgia, and he'll drive the Trucksmoor Sonny King Ford for Junie Donlevy. Fine qualifying run for Richard Petty out of Randleman, North Carolina in the STP Buick. The seven-time Winston Cup champion ran 165.5 miles per hour to post position number five. Fourth, Benny Parsons of Ellerbee, North Carolina has Bud Moores Melling Tool Ford Thunderbird at 166.5 miles per hour in the fourth position. And third, defending Winston Cup champion Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina in the Rod Osterlund Wrangler Jeans Pontiac at 166.9 miles per hour. Earnhardt will start
1: inside of row number two. Starting on the front row Bobby Allison from Hueytown, Alabama and the Hardys racing Buick and on the pole here this afternoon as we said Has to be a perennial favorite here. He comes out here every year qualifies well and he's starting on a poll this afternoon of a Stratograph Buick, Terry Labonte of nearby Corpus Christi, Texas. Just about six minutes away
3: from the start of the Budweiser NASCAR 400. Let's take a run around this two-mile facility and familiarize you with the voices that will be covering the broadcast. Out in turns number one and two, stuck in the mud, is Eli Gold.
4: (laughs) Thank you very much, Mike Joy. You were talking before about the heat and the humidity, and I know one turn announcer here who bakes in the Texas countryside today might be able to sweat off a pound or two this afternoon, so it will certainly not go for naught. Texas World Speedway, 22 degrees in the turns. Off the front straightaway of 12 degrees. The back straightaway, 2 degrees virtually flat. What the drivers will do, however, as this track really has no straightaway on the front stretch. It is a sweeping situation, so the drivers are already turning left as they enter turn number one. They will be riding to the high side of the 22-degree banking, and then midway between turns one and two, as we witnessed in practice yesterday, the cars will make a very marked dive to the low side of the racetrack seeking out the quick way around and the smooth way around here at the texas world speedway again coming off turn number two a straight shot towards turn number three two degrees of banking it's a flat straightaway and as they head to turn three of course part of this two-mile track has been negotiated so we've seen good racing here a couple of years ago only one caution flag none here last year a good race in store for everybody
3: Covering the action up at the north end of the speedway in turns three and four, the sports director for MRN package affiliate KGBC in Galveston, Texas, Woody Carson.
5: Well, here is two particular strategic values in this particular turn. As they come out of that back straightaway at two degrees, there's racing up to the 22-degree high bank before they come down to that 12-degree front straightaway. But here, again, they have to set up for the pit entrance, an important facet to make that quick pit stop. But also in 1972, here was where Buddy Baker set up and made the pass for a crucial nine-inch finish over A.J. Foyt to win uh, the NASCAR 500 here back in 1972. This is one of the crucial points of the raceway as far as strategy is concerned.
1: Pace car is on pit road. 34 cars bunched very tightly. Come down to the start finish line and Harold Kinder puts them under green. And the Budweiser 400 is underway at College Station, Texas. Field thunders off into turn number one. Terry
4: Labonte quickly through the gearbox goes first. Bobby Allison moving second. Side by side for third. Earnhardt to the inside of Benny Parsons. That's the battle we watch now for third. Earnhardt now closing in on Bobby Allison. Benny works to the high side. Richard Petty up to fourth. Morgan Shepard is going fifth now. Harry Gatt is sixth. The field cleanly through turns one and two. Down the back straightaway. A bit
5: for the lead. And Bobby Allison pulls to the inside of Terry Labonte. Bobby Allison has moved into the lead. Moving up now into third position is Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt is beside Labonte, Dale Earnhardt has a way to go, they're going to come out of turn, number four, almost side by side with Allison holding a narrow lead, Labonte and Earnhardt. Allison
1: will lead him back to the line and lead the first lap of the Budweiser 400, but the fans are watching that battle for second spot. Earnhardt is stuck to the door of Labonte in turn one.
4: Labonte goes to the high side. Earnhardt had the door open. He goes downstairs. Now Labonte trying to cut down in front of Benny Parsons, does to hang on to third spot. Going fourth is going to be Benny Parsons. Richard Petty is fifth. Harry Gant sixth. Seventh now going to be Darrell Waltrip as the field punches towards the point to turn three.
5: And now as they come into turn number three, Dale Earnhardt is beginning to make a bid on Bobby Allison. He pulled down as if to try to make a pass, ducked back in as they turn through turn three into turn four, and Labonte has moved up on a three-car draft. Make that a four-five-car draft as they come down.
1: Eight cars, ride the lead, draft the line, Earnhardt goes after a piece of the lead, he's got it. Dale Earnhardt leads the Budweiser 400, they're back in one.
4: Lamonti takes the free ride to the inside, tucks in front of Allison, and now goes third. Fourth is Betty Parsons, Richard Petty is fifth. Walshup going sixth, Harry Gant seventh, Joe Ruttman moving up for eighth. Your leader now, Earnhardt, showing more distance than any leader has had this afternoon. Maybe three car lanes over Bobby Allison, who holds on to second place to turn three.
5: As they move down in turn three, Earnhardt begins to pull out in front, but Labonte says, no, you don't. He's pulling up now through turn number three, trying to close the gap on Earnhardt. And Bobby Allison is drifting back away as Labani is making a way now in on Earnhardt.
3: Dale Earnhardt the leader, Terry Labonte holds second, Allison is third, Benny Parsons is fourth, fifth is Richard Petty, sixth is Darrell Waltrip, Eli Gold to take us further back in the order.
4: Harry Gant is going seventh, Joe Ruttman is running eighth now, Morgan Shepard ninth, Lake Speed up the tenth spot, Ricky Rudd going eleventh, Jody Ridley twelfth, thirteenth is Richard Childress, your field holding that position now as they swing off turn number two, a flat back straightaway, single file Earnhardt holding at Bay Labonte.
1: Back at Texas World Speedway, it is a hot one up front as they head back for turn one.
4: Side by side for the lead, Bobby Allison to the inside of Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt went higher into turn one, Allison stayed downstairs, he has the lead, off turn number two now with Earnhardt feeling the heat from Labonte, Terry to the inside of Earnhardt for second place, Bobby Allison there now feeling Labonte into turn three.
5: Labonte is not holding up he is coming on he is challenging Allison for the lead it's side by side with Labonte and Allison with Earnhardt and Benny Parsons tucked in behind now Labonte has the lead as he comes sweeping through turn number four
1: Terry Labonte made a good move underneath Bobby Allison right in the middle of three and four he has the lead Allison drafts him to the line two car lengths back Bobby Allison rides in second Still up in third spot is Earnhardt, fourth is Parsons, Richard Petty is fifth, they're back in one.
4: And with Waltrip watching in sixth, Bobby Allison pulled to the inside, nothing there. Though it's single file, this time among your six lead automobiles through turns one and two. Off the banking now as those six cars pull away, your leader Levante, Allison going second, Earnhardt third, Benny Parsons fourth, Richard Petty fifth, Waltrip sixth
5: and they continue to move down through there but right now it is by Allison making a move on Labonte they come up on slow traffic Labonte hanging onto the lead as Allison tucks back in as they come through turn number four Terry
1: Labonte showing an awful lot of muscle in the early going of the Budweiser 400 and you can attribute that to the handling of Jake Elder's expertise in getting that car to work in the corners. Labonte said the driver that won here today would be the car that worked in the turns. He's doing it right now. They're back in turn one.
4: Your leaders move to the high side of Rick Baldwin as Earnhardt and Allison battle for second. Allison to the low side. How's the muscle? Sweeps underneath. Earnhardt hangs on to second spot behind Labonte. The field moving by some slower traffic. That's Ronnie Thomas limping down the back stretch to turn three. They'll mix it up for
5: the lead. They mix it up and Allison drops on the inside of Labonte and Earnhardt comes along with him. Allison now has the lead going through turn number three. As they sweep into turn number four, the muscle of Labonte pulls him back into second place in front of Earnhardt.
3: Not much passing going on up in turn three and four as they bounce and bump off that corner and come back to the start-finish line. It will be Bobby Allison with Terry Labonte some two feet behind him. Earnhardt is third, but Waltrip wants the spot.
4: Darrow moves to the inside, but Earnhardt goes higher on the racetrack. He has the ability to sweep off the banking, cuts down in front of Waltrip to hang on to third. Cars not going as high in the banking as they were in practice yesterday. Here's Waltrip. He wants third. Off turn two to the inside of Earnhardt. Steps on the button. It's a drag race towards turn three for third place.
5: With Allison out in front and Labonte in second, that tremendous battle for third place as Waltrip now pulls on the inside, keeps moving through turn number three, has that third position now he takes aim on Labonte and it's Allison out in front with Labonte and Waltrip charging
1: six cars, ride nose to tail in the lead draft as they come back down to the line here at Texas World Speedway. Here's Terry Lavani again. He drafts underneath Bobby Allison, tries to take the lead away, and Waltrip drafts him. They may both get around in turn one.
4: It's the flying wedge with Waltrip tangled on behind Levante, but now it's going to be Bobby Allison from the high side of the racetrack. As he now battles for the lead, Waltrip backed off the pace just a moment. Now, off turn two, Levante sticks a nose in front. Allison right there in second. Waltrip watching in third. They roll the dice again. A three-way battle to turn three for the lead.
5: Side by side, three ways to go. Waltrip Waltrip on the inside. Walter moved by Labonte. Labonte now drafting in third position. But right now it's side by side. Walter and Allison as they come through three. Come on through two. And now the, it is The most Waltrip competitive, competitive the,
1: automobile racing in the world here at Texas World Speedway as they come down to the line. Waltrip plays the leader this time, scoots out in front of Terry Labonte, Labonte rode the draft, hung on to the second spot, they're back in front of Eli Gold.
4: Well as they stabilized, momentarily Bobby Allison has second, here's a bid for third, Earnhardt looks to the inside of Labonte, does not want to run awfully low on the racetrack, so he tucks in, single file off turn two, your leader is Waltrip, Allison going second, Labonte is third, then comes Earnhardt, Benny Parsons and Richard Petty.
3: Three cars already out of the Budweiser 400, first car to exit, Baxter Price driving the backup Jimmy Means car, next retire after only three laps Kirk Shelmerdine driving the McDonald's Pontiac. That is the second Richard Childress machine. And D.K. Ulrich has just taken car number 98, the Uno Buick, back to the
1: garage area. Barney? As they come down to the line, Walker staves off another charge by Bobby Allison in the Hardy's Buick and hangs on to the lead. Still six cars riding in the lead draft, and Eli, they're having to work slower traffic already.
4: They work around to the high side of Rick Wilson, and now dead ahead, they'll find Dick May in the 75 automobile. They'll work underneath him, coming off turn number two. Your leader at this point, Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip takes the pack to the outside of Dick May as they pass him midway down the back straightaway. Allison closing towards the lead.
5: Allison closing in. Allison is looking for an inside bid but Waltrip drops down in the midway of turn number three as they sweep through turn number four now Earnhardt tries to make a move on Labonte but it's Waltrip coming out of four
1: front four break the draft on the fifth and sixth place cars now as they come back to the line Waltrip in front Bobby Allison rides second, third is Lovati, fourth right now is Earnhardt, then it's about a second back to Benny Parsons and Richard Petty. Waltrip made his move to get the lead a moment ago over in turn number three. He told me yesterday three and four are the critical corners here at
7: Texas World Speedway. You can't run down low in three and four. You got to run right up high. You get down in the bottom area, it's just like running through a plowed cornfield, that's where. So
1: Waltrip, who took a calculated gamble, if they had squeezed him down to the bottom of the racetrack a moment ago, he could have been in trouble. But right now he's in command of the Budweiser 400 here in College Station, Texas. He's running up on some lapped automobiles, heading up to turn number four. Bobby Allison backs off, gives him a little maneuvering room. Allison hanging on to the second spot and the front four still riding nose to tail about a car length apart. Through the line he gets around. Buddy Arrington's car and James Hilton working back to Eli Gold in the south end of the track.
4: Straight ahead of them now is Jimmy Means who goes low as Waltrip takes the leaders through the middle point of turns one and two. They're running the middle groove. Again we said earlier we expect them to run a good bit higher in that turn as they had been in practice yesterday. They've come down just a bit. Off turn two now Waltrip with some breathing room after Allison goes second Labonte going
5: third Earnhardt fourth and as they move now Waltrip begins to pull away from Allison but Labonte ties into Allison and they begin to draft to close up on Waltrip as they move through turn number three and four still in slow traffic Waltrip commanding an edge now, and Labonte looking for a fur away around Allison.
1: Six cars still riding that lead draft as they come back across the start-finish line, and Waltrip begins to move a little way. He's had a hot and cold season this year. He's won four races, but the other times they've had a lot of trouble being consistent and finishing in the top five or six.
3: 15 of 200 laps completed here at College Station, Texas. Darrell Waltrip leading the Budweiser NASCAR 400. Bobby Allison has the second spot. Third is Terry the Body, the pole sitter. In fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Benny Parsons is fifth. Richard Petty has the sixth spot. And a man on the move, currently posted in the seventh position. Up from his 12th starting spot is Californian Joe Rutland driving the five racers Buick.
1: Waltrip right now hangs on to the lead in the Budweiser 400. We're 20 laps into the 200 that will make up the event here this afternoon. Bobby Allison hanging on to second spot. All four of those front runners a moment ago were looking extremely strong. The first 10 laps, Labonte looked awfully strong. Dropping down low on the apron up in turn number four, and heading on to pit road will be Richard Petty, and then this would have to be an unscheduled stop.
2: Absolutely an unscheduled stop. He's still uh, a good... 48 laps or 45 laps away from when he would come in. Well, not rated that many, but Petty is coming in. They're going to the right side, Barney. He must have had a tire going down. So Richard Petty having to make an unscheduled pit stop here. Now the crew is scrambling all over the place, trying to get him back out without losing a lap, but that's hard to do as fast as they're running out here right now.
1: Petty, who has had nothing but bad luck for the last five or six races, he had the car totally demolished up at Martinsville, Virginia, had troubles out of Talladega, Alabama, had problems up at Dover, Delaware, in fact, I think he's only finished one out of the last five races, he's having more problems. And here's
2: Darrell Waltrip coming down pit road, another unscheduled pit stop for the leader, Petty is back out, he's trying to beat Bobby Allison, who has taken over the lead, but Waltrip now coming in, and they're going under the hood of the Mountain Dew Buick, Tim Brewer and the rest of the crew going under there. The car apparently has an overheating problem. We'll get
4: on top of that and be right back to you. And in turn one and two, we should mention Bobby Allison did just manage to work his way by Richard Petty
1: as they push Morgan Shepard's car through the pit wall. He may be out for the afternoon, and Mike Joy, all of a sudden everybody's beginning to have problems in the early laps here, just 22 into the 200 that make up the Budweiser 400, and three of the top cars have already encountered problems. Well, it's like D.K. Ulrich said, if you're going to fall out of this one, you hope it's in the first 20 laps
3: instead of the last 20 laps, because that makes for a long afternoon. It is incredibly hot here as Tim Brewer drops the hood on the Mountain Dew Buick, Daryl Waltrip pulls away, and Richard Petty is on pit road. They're changing left side tires this time around. On car number 43, the car going up in the air as Ned Jarrett is making his way to the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew Pits. Let's go down to Ned. Well,
5: we're beside a Tim Brewer. Tim, what went wrong? Well, right now we're shoving water out the exhaust pipe. I guess it busted a
2: Looked like the car was just working beautifully for
5: us. Couldn't ask it to be no better. Well,
2: that's Tim Brewer with a very disgusting sound in his voice, and justly so, but it looks like that they might be at the end of their day here very shortly if it did indeed crack a head on the car it won't run too long
1: what a tough break for Darrell Waltrip as we said when he first came on the air that team has been hot and cold this year he's the winningest driver in one sense he has four victories the only driver to do that Bobby Allison has three but aside from that he has not had good finishes at all in the remainder of the races field across the line Harry Gant still trying to overhaul the leaders here this afternoon at Texas World Speedway with 24 laps complete Bobby Allison is back in command Good battle back at the 10th position, Barty. Two fellows that, well, Jody
3: Ridley won up at Dover three weeks ago. He and Lake Speed having quite a tussle as they came off the fourth quarter. They almost got together. Ridley has now assumed command of that position just ahead of Speed as those two drivers battle out of turn number two. And down the back straightaway, the leaders come storming off of turn number four. And Bobby Allison, Continues to hold fourth here in the Budweiser 400. Terry Labonte is running about one second behind Allison. It's about a second and a half back to Benny Parsons in third. Dale Earnhardt running in the fourth position and about a straightaway behind the leader comes the fifth place car that will now be Joe Rutman with Waltrip having pitted. In sixth would now be Harry Gant, Ricky Rudd is in the seventh position. Richard Childress is eighth.
1: Dave Marcus is ninth. In the battle for that tenth spot, Jody Ridley still hanging on over Lake Speed. Bobby Allison beginning to pull away a little bit right now. He's opened up about a second and a half separation over Terry Labotti as he works his way into turns one and two.
4: He works well, Bobby Allison is. And as you actually hear, he's been able to work to the high side or underneath some race traffic in turns number one and two. And this is a race track that over the years, this one in Pocono, are the only two tracks of which Bobby Allison has not won as far as the super speedways are concerned. So he's thinking about it. He'd like to have a checkered flag here in Texas, but it's awfully early.
1: Well, with the success the Allison team and the Hardy team have had lately, I don't think you can do anything wrong. Somebody in the garage, I think it was Benny Parsons, told me yesterday the way the Rainier Racing team had been going and the consistent finishes they've had and of course it's not luck a lot of it is luck but a lot of it is preparation too that is one of the best teams in racing and somebody said in the garage area yesterday I think it was Benny Parsons that the way they've been running lately they could take a D7 bulldozer and finish in the top five and the way Allison's driving here this afternoon that could well happen they're working their way out of turn number two Allison in front and Labonte closes up a little bit Terry beginning to reel him in as they head down the back shoot he's chopped it down to about two car lengths as they move to Woody Carson
5: they did and they're moving in very closely Terry Labonte has his eyes set on allison as they go through turn number three they're in turn number four now and labani sets up Labonny sets up in a crucial position he's moving in very close he may not pass until turn number one coming down to the start
1: finish line bobby allison in the lead in the budweiser 400 labani still riding in the second spot and then i think you can already see the adjustment that jake elder has made on that car and the big factor he has been on it here all week
2: no question about it, Barney. Uh, that fellow just has some special knack, or he says that he doesn't have secrets, but you wonder about it. And I asked Terry this morning, I said, hey, were you able to to really tell a big difference in the car? He said he did not do any one thing in particular. He so said it was just a lot of little things that made a difference. And I think that he gave added confidence to Terry and all of his crew and everything else to have Jake working on it. You know, he's leading the Bush Pole standings now. Jake is, because he's the only one that has won three. He has... Uh, worked on three different cars that have won poles so far this year, and none of the drivers have won more than two. While I have the mic, let me update on Darrell Walter. When they came in, we mentioned that they put water in, he was having an overheating problem, and they thought they had a cracked head, and they put some of the block sealer in there and forced it on into the engine with the pressure of the hose. So he's still out there running. They're hoping that 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 might work, and we saw Jeff Hammond, one of the crew members who was married a week ago yesterday uh, to... Going up down pit road, barring more of that block seater. And Richard Petty, we checked on him. He did indeed have a left rear tire equalized. And that means that the inner tire moved, which threw it considerably out of balance.
3: There is a tremendous battle going on for seventh spot. A minute ago, Ricky Rudd, Jody Ridley, and Richard Childress came by the start-finish line. Three abreast. There are five cars racing for seventh position. Rudd currently has the spot. Childress is eight. Ninth is Ridley. Tenth is Lake Speed. And eleventh is Dave Marcus. And now pounding out of turn number four. Ridley goes to the bottom of the racetrack once again. He is running eighth in the Trucksmore car. Drops back into line in the ninth spot. That'll mark Rudd eighth. Childress ninth. Ridley tenth. Lake Speed 11th, the Dave Marcus 12th. And Barney here, the racing is as good, if not better, in the middle of the pack as it is up front.
1: Well, it always is in NASCAR. You can have two or three of the top front runners go out of the race, and the guys that are riding along in that second wave move up and take up the slack. It is the most competitive automobile racing in the world. We say that all the time, but if you've ever seen a NASCAR race, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, and you do see one, you'll indeed know what we're talking about. We are 33 laps into the 200 that make up the Budweiser 400 here at Texas World Speedway on a hot June afternoon, and that's putting it mildly. The temperature will go into the 90s. The humidity must be 142% or approaching that figure right now. Here's Waltrip back on pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett.
2: They have some more of the block sailor to go in. The engine of that car number 11, Tim Brewer, Junior Johnson out there, Jeff Hammond, and the rest of the crew, Harold Elliott, the chief engine builder for the Junior Johnson and Associates team. Over doing what they can to try to get the car cooled off. In fact, they're not even filling, well, they've already filled it up with gasoline. They're not attempting to change tires because that's not their problem now. The overheating engine is their problem. So it's going to be a long afternoon for these fellas. They have it uh, filled back up again. They'll be ready to roll in just a moment.
1: So Waltrip's bad luck seems to continue. I talked with him yesterday about they have not been qualifying that well lately. We'll get that conversation in a moment. Mike Joy.
3: Still watching that seventh place race, Barney. Up in turn number four, Jody Ridley has done what no one else has been able to do, and that's jump his car right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He got by not only Childress, but Ricky Rudd also. Eli Gold at turn one can take a look at how that seventh place race shapes up.
4: I've been watching that extensively. Ricky Rudd has not been able to keep the car low on the racetrack in one and two. Right now, Ricky goes way high. Ridley goes downstairs. Childress goes down. So too does Lake Speed. So Ricky Rudd has not handled nearly as well as Kyle Petty spins through a plume of smoke entering turn number one. On the grass, he comes up the banking, spins back down the banking to the apron as the race is being put under caution here as Kyle Petty smoking severely as he entered turn one. Had the car begin to spin. He is out of harm's way on the apron.
1: Kyle Petty brings out the first caution flag of the afternoon. The rest of the field will race back to the start finish line, but there will be no change in the front three. It will continue to be Bobby Allison in the lead. Lamotti riding second. Benny Parsons up to third spot.
3: First caution of the day brought out when Kyle Petty under a cloud of smoke. Spun up in turn number one. That brings everyone on to pit road. Let's go down to Ned.
2: And those that need that chassis adjustment, Benny Parsons is one that's getting one but more. Working on the left rear of that car, they are changing all four tires, as is Bobby Allison. But no chassis adjustment being made on the Hardee's number 28 because he was handling so well. Benny Parsons beats Allison out, so he's down and away. Jody Ridley in for four-tire change. They were only about 10 to 12 laps away from a scheduled pit stop, so they certainly welcome this opportunity to come in uh, during the caution and make those adjustments. Change those tires. See how that tire wear is, and then get them back out ready for the run.
3: Almost everyone that was on the lead lap came onto pit road during that exchange. Dave Marcus, having a bit of a lengthy stay there on pit road with his Norton-sponsored machine, the Buick number no. 71, and the hood is up again on the Darrell Waltrip Jr. Johnson machine, still trying to cure that overheating problem. Ned.
2: Yes, they and to have the car jacked up. Tim Brewer is underneath the car, so they're trying to to service that car in every way they possibly can during this caution period. They were in just a few laps before that caution came out and lost more time uh, under the green flag and now taking time uh, during this slowdown period to try to do more work on it and try to keep him in there and earn as many points as he possibly can. This caution could have really been a blessing for Bobby Allison. He's back in the pits right now. They have the deck lid up on his car and what they're looking at apparently the gas tank, the fuel cell was not taking the gasoline. They didn't get it full when he was in here a moment go and change all four tires. They're working on it, trying to see if they can find the problem. Had he had to do that during a green flag stop, it would have cost him a lot of time. They have the deck lid down now. They're capping the gas tank off, and they're going in with the second tank of of uh, fuel right now so he didn't get even a half a tank when he was in here earlier he's back out in the running now
1: so his luck continues bobby allison who the team is one of the best prepared in the business but they've also had more than their share of breaks this year and that's what it takes to be atop the winston cup point standings and have the success that that team has had As a pace car hits pit road and they begin to
3: come back to speed benny Parsons in the bud moore melling tool Ford keeping it slow past the entrance of pit road, and Harold Kinder turns the loose Under the green flag and diving to the bottom of the racetrack goes Richard Childers. He wants to pick up a few spots. They are five cars wide coming across the start finish line as they head down at turn number one. Parsons ahead of the field. It's
4: going to be Tim Richmond going second. Going third will be Dale Earnhardt. Lavani fourth. Low on the racetrack. Fifth. Up to the high side is going to be Joe Rutman. We'll watch now the battle as it shapes up for fourth place between Labonte to the low side, Rutman to the high side. Labonte low on the racetrack, swings off the turn. Now a battle for second is going inside the racetrack as Earnhardt alongside Richmond and Petty.
5: They're three abreast, four abreast. Now going through turn number three, but it's Parsons out in front. Now Dale Earnhardt moving up into second position. Earnhardt with Labonte right on him, moving up into third position now. But Parsons holds the lead as they come in the front straightaway. We've got a car spinning up into the wall off the back straightaway to turn three and four. It's Rick Newsom.
1: Rick Newsom has spun right up in the middle of the groove and the caution comes right back out of the speedway. Car does a couple of loops in the middle of three and four, comes down on the apron of the track and will bring the second caution flag of the afternoon out. As the field thunders back into turn one, let's go back to Eli Gold.
4: Well, Rick Newsom, we were watching him as uh, Woody was describing the action at the point. Rick Newsom worked his way down the back straightaway and the car never seemed to turn. Just went up the banking and found a bit of the wall near the Texas World Speedway sign. Did a couple of loop-de-loops, touched the wall and came back towards the apron. Last,
5: last year they ran pulls out of the car. He is okay. He walks off to the side of the car. He is very disgusted, but he is uh, out of harm's way down at the bottom of the racetrack.
3: Benny Parsons leads as we're under the second caution of the day. Last year, this race ran nonstop without a yellow flag, and two years ago, they had only one caution, and it came when rookie Dale Earnhardt spun and hit the wall in turn three, just five laps from the finish. We've now had the second caution of the afternoon coming out on lap 44. Rick Newsom spinning up in turn number three. Leaders, Benny Parsons, Tim Richmond, and Terry Labonte visit Pitt Road along with Dale Earnhardt and James Hilton. At Texas World Speedway, we've completed 46 of the 200 laps that will make up today's Budweiser NASCAR 400. Ned Jarrett has gone to the garage area to try and catch up with Darrell Waltrip, who has parked the Mountain Dew machine for the afternoon. Well,
2: Mike, I haven't been able to catch up with Darrell Waltrip, but Junior Johnson is here in our sight. Junior, what finally went wrong with the Mountain Dew
6: Buick? Well, near about ten laps after the race started, uh, Darrell called us and said it was running hot. And uh, when he made his first pit stop, the water was running out the left exhaust pipe. So, it busted a cylinder head, basically, is what it done. Junior, this seems to be a
2: problem with the General Motors cars.
6: Well, it's been a problem for a pretty good while, and it's a uh, problem could be fixed if NASA they have a aluminum cylinder head available for these cars, and they're about twice as cheap as the ones we're running now. And we we put a about a three thousand dollar set of heads on these things every race the others is about seven eight hundred dollars five sets I've and run us all year long but still we're, we're putting three thousand dollar sets of heads on every race it's just craziness as far as i'm concerned they won't allow the head to run because Ford do don't have them and Chrysler don't have them. and all this you know the general motors people it's no horsepower it's, it is about five or ten pound lighter and they hollering because they lighter, it they won't let them run them they're just breaking the people with a cylinder head
2: well, here's a fellow that's fought hard to try to get those aluminum heads on there, and, of course, he's a victim of it right here today. Daryl Walter has climbed out of the shower now. We'll just say a word to him. Daryl. of course, you look refreshed right now, but it was hot out there for a little bit.
7: Well, it looked like we might have had them covered. The car really was driving good and uh, is running good, and all of a sudden it just went from 180 on water temperature to about 240, and, of course, uh, you know, that means we busted something ahead or a cylinder wall or something like that. Uh, today, I... Uh, Probably the first day this year that I really felt good about the car, the way it was driving and handling. And I thought we really had a super shot and we were going to get back on the right track. But uh, we're out early and on to to, uh, Riverside, I guess.
2: Well, that's a track that he likes well. He's won a lot of races there.
7: I like to say hi to everybody back in Franklin. I hadn't had an opportunity in a pretty good while to say hello to Mr. Isaacs and Flip Hood and Ed Silva and everybody.
2: Well, when you stay in there and win those races, you don't get to talk to us on the radio much.
7: No, and I need to keep my. my uh, the door open there because i might need a job on these days
2: <laughs> well i doubt that now back
3: to network control as the pace car
7: hits pit road and they begin to come back to speed
3: benny parsons in the budmore melling tool Ford keeping it slow past the entrance of pit road and harold kinder turns them loose under the green flag and diving to the bottom of the racetrack goes richard childers he wants to pick up a few spots they are five cars wide coming across the start finish line as they head down at turn number one parsons ahead of the field it's
4: going to be tim richmond going second going third will be dale Earnhardt, levante fourth low on the racetrack fifth up to the high side is going to be Joe Rutman. We'll watch now the battle as it shapes up for fourth place between Labonte to the low side, Ruttman to the high side. Labonte low on the racetrack, swings off the turn. Now a battle for second is going inside the racetrack as Earnhardt alongside Richmond and Petty
5: they're three abreast four abreast now going through turn number three but it's parsons out in front now dale earnhardt moving up into second position earnhardt with labonte right on him moving up into third position now but parsons holds the lead as they come hands. the front straight away we've got
4: a car spinning up into the wall off the back straightaway to turn three and four it's rick Newsom.
1: Rick Newsom has spun right up in the middle of the groove and the caution comes right back out of the speedway. Car does a couple of loops in the middle of three and four, comes down on the apron of the track and will bring the second caution flag of the afternoon out. As the field thunders back into turn one, let's go back to Eli Gold.
4: Well, Rick Newsom, we were watching him as uh, Woody was describing the action at the point. Rick Newsom worked his way down the back straightaway and the car never seemed to turn. Just went up the banking and found a bit of the wall near the Texas World Speedway sign. Did a couple of loop-de-loops, touched the wall and came back towards the apron. Last,
5: last year, they ran. pulls out of the car, he is okay, he walks off to the side of the car, he is very disgusted, but he is uh, out of harm's way down at the bottom of the racetrack.
3: Benny Parsons leads as we're under the second caution of the day. Last year this race ran non-stop without a yellow flag, and two years ago they had only one caution, and it came when rookie Dale Earnhardt spun and hit the wall in turn three, just five laps from the finish. We've now had the second caution of the afternoon coming out on lap 44. Rick Newsom spinning up in turn number three. Leaders, Benny Parsons, Tim Richmond, and Terry Labonte visit Pitt Road along with Dale Earnhardt and James Hilton. At Texas World Speedway, we've completed 46 of the 200 laps that will make up today's Budweiser NASCAR 400. Ned Jarrett has gone to the garage area to try and catch up with Darrell Waltrip, who has parked the Mountain Dew machine for the afternoon.
2: Well, Mike, I haven't been able to catch up with Darrell Waltrip, but Junior Johnson is here in our sight. Junior, what finally went wrong with the Mountain Dew
6: Buick? Well, then, about ten laps after the race started, uh, Darrell called us and said it was running hot. And uh, when he made his first pit stop, the water was running out the left exhaust pipe. So it busted a cylinder head. Basically, was what it done. Junior, this seems to be a
2: problem with the General Motors cars.
6: Well, it's been a problem for pretty good while, and, and it's a problem could be fixed if nasty. they have aluminum cylinder head available for these cars, and they're about twice as cheap as the ones we're running now, and we we put a. About a three thousand dollar set of heads on these things ever race. The others is about seven, eight hundred dollars
1: five sets. Of- and Harold Kinder, like a matador, puts him under green as he waves that flag. Gant gets up to the gearbox, but Ricky Rudd comes underneath him and goes after the lead in turn one. Ricky wants
4: a piece of lead as he looks to the inside of Harry Gant. Green, the predominating color here as Ricky Rudd sweeps downstairs, has the lead. Here comes Harry Gant, though he wants it right back to the high side. Richard Petty is third on the racetrack now. He is tucked in between Dave Marcus, Labotti and Earnhardt. Midway, down the back, straightaway. Rudd to the inside, Gant to the outside, side by side for the lead to turn three.
5: And it's Rudd, but it's Terry Labonte moving way down three abreast on the inside, and it's Terry Labonte going into the lead here in turn number three with Dale Earnhardt right behind him for second place. Labonte with the hammer down comes around turn number four.
1: What a move by Terry Labonte. He took a big chance in going into turn number three, put his car to the bottom of the racetrack and drafted by the entire field. He's in front. Earnhardt latches onto a piece of the draft and they're beginning to pull away in turn one. It'll be
4: seven car lanes between your two leaders and third place runner Harry but Here comes Benny Parsons. He's on the rumble. He moves low on the racetrack. Going by Marcus. Going by Rudd. Moves into the high side now and tucks in behind the number 33 of Harry Gantt. So your leader is Labonte. Earnhardt right there in second and rumbling to third as Betty Parsons and Gantt in a battle.
5: But it is Labonte and Earnhardt nose to tail as they come through turn number three. Earnhardt looking for a way down underneath, but Labonte cutting him off. Labonte maintains that lead as the two cars come down through turn number four.
3: Out of turn number four and back to the start finish line. They're single file over the hump off the fourth turn. Labonte leading Earnhardt, then it's about a second back to Benny Parsons in third.
4: Going fourth will be Harry Gant. holding now the fifth for this, and going to be Dave Marcus, sixth for Ricky Rudd. Joe Ruttman is seventh. Blake Speed is eighth. Jody Ridley, ninth. Tim Richmond, tenth. Moving up now to 11 spot is Bobby Allison, twelfth for Richard Childress. Bobby Allison clicking off a position now as he works to the inside of Richmond. Your leader's stabilized to turn three.
1: Coming out of turn number four and back to the line, hometown favorite Terry Labonte puts his car at the head of the field. Earnhardt is all over him as they come across the start-finish line. Dale goes after the lead back in turn one. The
4: Wrangler Jeans machine effortlessly inside. Labonte has the lead, taking the middle groove. Now a bit of a lower groove. Through turns one and two. Your leader is Earnhardt going second is Labonte. Strong in third place is Benny Parsons. Then going fourth is Dave Marcus. Going fifth at this point is Harry Gantt. Your leader is stringing out down the back straight away, and here's Benny Parsons on the move for third.
5: Benny Parsons on the inside of Labonte. Moving Parsons cannot get by Labonte. It's side by side. Labonte holding the second. Now Benny Parsons noses in the second but Richard Petty is in that group. He is running in fourth right now, a lap down. He is looking to make a move, but Earnhardt has the lead.
1: Mike Joy, Terry Labonte showed a lot of maturity right there when he backed off and let Parsons get along and move up front as they battle for the lead back in turn number one, running door to door. You're going to lose some ground. There's a whale of a battle for the lead in one. It's
4: a dandy, two abreast now as it's going to be behind Benny Parsons. Earnhardt in second upstairs, Labonte in third downstairs. Then he pulls away. Earnhardt steps on the jeans machine button. He'll hang on to second place by a Slim margin over Labonte, who now goes third, looking to the inside. Then comes a Richard Petty automobile. He is a lap down, though, fourth on the racetrack.
3: Well, Labonte made a sharp move. It didn't quite pay off. He let Benny Parsons go rather than battle him for the spot and tried to hook up in the draft. Parsons, though, was too quick and got around Earnhardt and back up in front of the draft, leaving Labonte kind of hanging out there to dry in the low groove all by himself. They form up single file. Parsons at the stripe, leading Earnhardt and Labonte, then Petty a lap down. Fourth place car posted as Dave Marcus in fifth would be Harry Gantt as they head free like gold in turn one.
4: Sixth is Joe Rutman and up to seventh now is Bobby Adelson as Lake Speed is back to eighth. Marcus now on the move. He says I can't let that lead draft get away as he pulls away from Harry Gantt and now tucks on right behind Richard Petty. So Petty though a lap down among the leaders in that draft. It's now five cars to turn three.
5: Meanwhile it is Parsons out in front with Earnhardt and Terry Labonte running in that number three position. But Richard Petty is right there as he is looking to unlap himself and now Labonte tries it solely underneath, Earnhardt cannot make a go Touch back in as they head for the straightaway
1: Five cars ride the lead draft back to the start finish line Harold Kinder works the passing flag for leader Benny Parsons Earnhardt trails along about a half a car length back Benny was well aware of how critical the draft was here he used that a moment ago to switch around down the front straightaway to get into the lead Sure, when you run this fast the draft becomes awfully important, Barney although, uh, you know, let's face
0: it you've got to get through these turns uh, to be able to draft. And that is, I guess that's the key to Texas is, you know, the car that can get through the bumpiness and the corners
1: that's uh, better than anybody else. is probably the guy that's going to win. Well, he's getting through it extremely well here right now as he heads up to the high groove over in turn four.
5: Pars- right there. Parsons with Earnhardt and Labonte continue as they turn through turn four.
1: Benny Parsons leads a five car draft back to the line. Just about a car length ahead of Dale Earnhardt now on the Wrangler Jeans machine. Back to third is Labonte. He's backed off for the moment. That car is extremely strong and I'm sure Jake Elders on the radio with him saying, hey, we got 300 miles to go, Terry. Just ride along in that lead draft. Bide your time. Watch some of those front runners. Find out where their weak and strong points are and cool it for a lap or two. That's what he's doing right now.
4: Great battle for fifth off turn number two forget the battle. Well, now let's pick it up again, because first Bobby Allison pulled away from Gant and Ruttman.
3: Now to turn three, Ruttman
4: and Gant right back with Allison for fifth.
3: 60 of the 200
1: laps that'll make up this Budweiser 400. Back at Texas World Speedway, 62 laps complete of the 200 that make up the Budweiser 400 this afternoon, heading up into turn of the three. Benny Parsons and Earnhardt go at it for the lead.
5: Earnhardt now moves on the inside of Parsons. Earnhardt coming up on slow traffic, trying to make a bid on Parsons. He will not be able to do it. They'll tuck back in.
1: Earnhardt took a look down at that low groove, and that's a place you don't want to be, trying to get out of turn number four. Had second thoughts immediately, and comes out of the throttle, Eli Gold. And for the moment, he seems content to ride back there.
4: At this point, he does. I think he's hounding Benny just a bit, Earnhardt is. They go by now Roger Hamby's car, likewise that of Dick May. But your lead cars, they still tighten up. Earnhardt is down by a car length and a half to Benny Parsons. And off turn number two, here comes Terry Labonte. He's down by about three car lengths.
5: It's still Parsons, Earnhardt, and Labonte. But now Allison tries to make a move, moves up into third place in front of Marcus. And here comes Rutman with him. Rutman is now in fourth position.
1: Field works their way out of turn number four. It's Benny Parsons in the lead, riding second as Earnhardt. Dales took a look at him a couple of times, just biding his time as to where he might want to try and take the lead away from Parsons. Riding along in third spot, just one car length back is Terry Labonte then moving up to fourth now is Bobby Allison and he's about the fastest car on the racetrack and he's dragging Joe Ruttman right along with him as they link up in a draft and head down to the south end of the speedway
4: Ruttman and Allison trying to chase down your lead automobiles interesting this time by Earnhardt look to go past Benny Parsons to the high side in turn number one Benny was able to work well down low and Earnhardt just cut it off and tucked it right back in behind Benny again
5: Now it's Parsons and Earnhardt. Earnhardt tries low again on Parsons and it's side by side through turn number three. They come through turn number four side by side. Earnhardt is not giving up this time. Earnhardt wants the lead, but Parsons says no.
3: Dale Earnhardt has the low side and he is alongside Benny Parsons. At the stripe, it is Parsons by just about one and a half feet, and they carry the battle to turn one.
4: This time, Benny is forced to go to the high side, opens the door downstairs for Earnhardt. Dale takes it by a car length of an advantage. Benny not working as well. Up high allows Richard Petty to try and close. Again, remember, he's a lap down. Going third is going to be Terry Labonte. Fourth now for Bobby Allison in closing. Rutman watching in fifth. Your leader is Earnhardt, but here comes the heat from Parsons.
5: Parsons making a move now trying that low side no he's not going to go but Petty is sitting right in there trying to get by both to unlap himself. They're coming up on slow traffic they both go high through turn number four but it's Earnhardt Parsons with Petty trying to unlap himself and Terry Labonte about to make a move.
1: As they come down to the start finish line Benny Parsons breaks the draft drops down to the inside and they go door to door beside of Earnhardt in the turn one for the lead.
4: Unbelievable with Benny now working low they attack the turn one banking of 22 degrees. This time, Earnhardt upstairs, Benny down low, and they'll stay side by side. They're coming up on Buddy Arrington's automobile. That'll be a lap automobile off they come off turn number two. Still, side by side, Earnhardt to the outside with the nose of an advantage in front of Benny Parsons.
5: Door handle to door handle, and Parsons sticks a nose out in front. Parsons has the lead, but Earnhardt comes right back on the inside of Parsons to take the lead. And right behind them, looking for a way through to unlap himself is still Richard Petty with Terry Labonte, and here comes Bobby Allison on the inside of Labonte.
1: Dale Earnhardt made another gamble going into turns three and four, took that car right down to the bottom of the racetrack in some of the broken pavement there, and scooted up front and has the lead here in the Budweiser 400 with 67 laps complete.
3: Dale Earnhardt has the Wrangler jeans machine, the Pontiac of the Rod Osterlin team out in front, Benny Parsons is giving him a real run for the money in the in the Melling Tool Ford out of the Budmore stable. In third is Terry Labonte, the pole sitter in the Stratograph Buick. In fourth is the Hardy's Buick, of Bobby Allison. Fifth, the Five Racers Buick. That belongs to Californian Joe Rutman. Sixth in the Norton Buick is Dave Marcus. Seventh in the Speed Oldsmobile, that's Lake Speed. Eighth in the Trucksmoor Ford is Jody Ridley. In ninth, the Gatorade Oldsmobile, that's... Ricky Rudd, and in 10th, the Reynolds and Needham Pontiac for Harry Gant. 11th on the lead lap is the Uno Buick. That's Tim Richmond, and in 12th, in the Pontiac car number 3 is Richard Childress. One lap behind is the STP Buick of Richard Petty. He is 13th, Randy Ogden. The Piedmont Airlines machine is 14th. Two laps down, 15th is Cecil Gordon, 16th is H. P. Bailey, 17th is James Hilton, 18th to Buddy Arrington, JD McDuffie is 19th. Tommy Gale has the 20th spot, 21st to Jimmy Means. In the 22nd position is Lowell Cowell in the Roger Hamby Kings Inn of Daytona car. 23rd is the 75 car. Joe Milliken was slated to be the driver. Dick May started the car. In 24th spot is Roger Hamby or rather Lowell Cowell in the 25th position would be the DK Ulrich machine, the number 40 car and behind the wheel of that car today is Rick Baldwin out of Corpus Christi, Texas. Racing in 27th spot and three laps down is Bobby Wawak. And in 28th is Ronnie Thomas. Rather, in 27th spot, out of the race, Rick Newsom, Darrell Waltrip, Kyle Petty, the Morgan Shepherd car, D.K. Ulrich, Kirk Shelmerdine, and Baxter Price. And-
2: Mike, Rick Newsom is here with me now. Of course, he was a victim of a spin. What happened over there, Rick? I blew an engine going into 3 Ned, and the oil got down underneath the car and couldn't keep it out of the wall. Well, when that happens, there's just nothing you can do but sit there and ride it out. No, I tried to get it to come down, and when it hit the oil,
8: it started going back up the racetrack, and I knew it was going to hit hard, but I didn't know it was going to hit quite that hard.
2: Rick, you've had so much tough luck. you got to feel that you're one of the hardest luck drivers in the sport.
8: I don't know. I just don't know what the problem is, Ned. We, we blew our engine pretty bad now in Talladega, and luckily there we didn't tear anything up. But where it blew here today. You know, you don't have all that banking to keep you down. It
2: got in the wall pretty good. It tore the car pretty good. Well, we're sorry to see you have that tough luck. Better luck next time
8: around. Alright, thank you, Ned.
1: Bobby Allison looked like he was just been shot out of a cannon going up into turn number three as he has taken over the third spot and now works his way up, it looks like, into second spot, Eli Gold. He
4: does. He goes downstairs on Benny Parsons and takes over second place going around race traffic at the same time. And again, we've said Benny has been strong, but not nearly as strong if he's forced to go one grand. He is not working all that well up the banking. So everybody's trying to force him upstairs and go past him downstairs. That's what Earnhardt did earlier, and that's what he did to keep Benny Parsons back in position, and that's exactly what Bobby Allison did to pass Benny.
1: Well, the drivers that are working in the corners are the drivers that are getting it done here this afternoon, and that was the prediction from several of the gentlemen in the garage area yesterday. It is Earnhardt in front. Bobby Allison riding second. Parsons is third. Fourth is Joe Ruttman. He's having a splendid run here this afternoon. And fifth is Terry Labonte. Trouble on Terry Labonte's car. He is back in the pits for a second time, and there's problems on the car. Let's go to Ned.
2: The car was not run. He was close to out of gas. They were going under the hood, but now they must have figured they got it. Figured out whatever the problem was. He was in for 16 seconds when he changed tires. He went out and made one lap, came back in, and uh, lost a lot of valuable time. Joe Rutman's in the pits for his and while we were away on the commercial, both Bobby Allison and Dale Earnhardt came in, and surprisingly, they did make a chassis adjustment on Dale Earnhardt's car as well if that car was running out there. We would not have thought they did make an adjustment, but they did, so we'll see how it works for them.
1: Uh, maybe he wants to run in the grass, Ned, <laughs> the maybe way he's so. been running so low. They're going to adjust it or he can run down through the infield. But all kidding aside, Earnhardt's car is really flying here this afternoon and if he doesn't have any problems, he is certainly going to be there for the checkered flag or have a good shot at it before the day is over. We're 95 laps into the 200 lap Budweiser 400 at College Station Texas at Texas World Speedway. Now these are the cars that have made their regular scheduled pit stops. Richard Petty has been in, Harry Gant has, Benny Parsons. Two stops for Labonte, they had a problem on that car. Earnhardt has been on pit road, so has Bobby Allison and Joe Rutman. So just about all the front runners have been in and it looks like they've Marcus is in. Let's go back to the pits and then.
2: Dave Marcus and Jody Ridley and the Sonny King Ford Honda more car is in. And during Benny Parson pit stop, they're pitting right next to Junie Donlevy and his crew. They uh, made such a quick stop on Benny Parson's car. I'm not sure they got the second can of gas in that car. It was so fast. And the fellow who was gassing, he was running down pit road as Benny was leaving. And as he pulled the can out of the, the tank, then it threw around and threw gas in the eyes of one of Junior Domleve's crew. so they've taken him to the track hospital here to get that washed out. Although he was running through the hospital under his own power, I'm sure it was just a very uncomfortable situation for him. And we know him as Fluff around the pit area, so the folks listening in in Richmond will know who we're talking about. But he he'll be okay. Just going to get that gas washed out of his eyes.
1: Well, after a rash of pit activity among the front runners, this is the way they're showing right now as. In the lead should be number 33, and that is Harry Gant. He was the first driver to pit on lap number 89.
2: Another of the top runners, Joe Ruttman, is back in for a second pit stop. He was in just two laps ago. Booby the crew changed the right side tires, filled them up with gas in a very good pit stop, but he's back now getting the left side tires changed. So an unfortunate break here for Joe Ruttman, who was running so well here this afternoon.
3: This rash of pit stops under the green. I think there are a lot of folks out here that are suffering from the heat this afternoon besides us. There was one top team that had eight men over the pit wall servicing their car. And not to say who, but nevertheless, it did not result in any faster a pit stop than the teams that had five. So for whatever the reason, James Hilton is on pit road right now. Jimmy Means just coming off the pit road as everyone is making their scheduled pit stops under the green flag. We've had only two cautions here in the Budweiser 400. On the 34th lap, Kyle Petty blew an engine and spun down at turn number one. Got the car stuck down in the mud, as Eli Gold attested to. And it took them a while to drag that out. Then on the 44th lap, the second lap of green after the Petty incident, Rick Newsom spun up in turn number three, had blown an engine and hit the wall. Those are the only two cautions of the afternoon as we are just
1: three laps from halfway. Well, as we approach the halfway mark, 99 laps are complete. They're now indicating that Lake Speed, who I don't think has been on pit road, he should just be the came leader. In
2: Barney and made a 22 and 4 tenths second pit stop, but he had taken the lead for several laps there. Benny Parsons should be the leader now.
1: So Benny Parsons has now inherited the lead, and we have just reached the halfway mark as Harold Kinder displays the cross flags to leader Benny Parsons here at the Texas World Speedway. An awful lot of folks have been very concerned about Donnie Allison's condition since that severe crash up at Charlotte Motor Speedway a couple of weeks ago. I had a chance to to talk with his brother Bobby yesterday, and he said that Donnie would be listening today in in his hometown out of Hueytown, alabama to our broadcast and we'd certainly like to say hello and wish him a speedy recovery and we really miss him on the winston cup tour and i asked bobby i know that millions of race fans are concerned about his condition and his progress and i asked bobby how he's coming along
5: well i'd say uh, very good really uh he was badly hurt worse than we thought really and uh by the time uh, monday rolled around after charlotte we realized that that he really was hurt bad uh you know, then, then it was a idea of checking with the doctors and see what it would take to get him, uh, recuperated and back in good shape. And they, they assure me and Patty and the whole family that, that he is recovering quite well. And, uh, he has showed, uh, very good improvement in the last few days. Well, it-
1: the voice of Bobby Allison talking about Donnie who is recovering back at home in Hueytown, Alabama, and we hope to see him back on the Winston Cup tour soon. He is one of the toughest drivers in the business and one of the best. We are 101 laps into the Budweiser 400 at College Station, Texas. Benny Parsons is leading, Dale Earnhardt is riding second, and now indicating that Bobby Allison has taken over the third position. Let's take you a little ways back in the field as we have it unofficially from scoring right now. Benny Parsons is definitely the leader. Earnhardt maintaining the second spot. Bobby Allison has worked his way back to third after having a few unscheduled pit stops here this afternoon. The crew has had an awful lot of problems, but still they've managed to hang up there in the top five, have not gone a lap down. At fourth place, Joe Rutman with a good run for the Upland, California driver this afternoon. Fifth is Ricky Rudd, riding in six should be Richard Childress. Seventh is Tim Richmond in the Uno car. He's having a good day here also, and riding in Seventh position will be Harry Gant. Jody Ridley is showing in the eighth place and ninth right now should be Lake Speed. One lap behind and right
3: behind leader Benny Parsons is Terry Labani That second pit stop put Labonte a lap down behind Labonte would be Dave Marcus and then Richard Petty. All three of those drivers posted as one lap
1: behind. Well, if you're wondering what happened to Darrell Waltrip and the Mountain Dew crew this afternoon, apparently they broke a cylinder wall or broke something in the engine and have retired for the day and are out of competition. Waltrip going out this afternoon on lap number 38. He didn't complete too many here today. And And
2: Barney, as you're talking, Bobby Walwack has pulled his car number 94 into the garage area out of the race.
3: Give me the other cars that are out of action. Rick Newsom hit the wall on lap 44. He is out. Kyle Petty blew an engine to bring out the first caution on lap 34 and is out of the race for the day. Morgan Shepard hit the wall in practice yesterday and the car took a couple of laps this afternoon but was damaged too badly to continue. So Shepard is out. Likewise, DK Ulrich, Kirk Shelmerdine, and Baxter Price all suffering mechanical problems and all out of the race.
1: Well, the field is stabilized after that last round of pit stops here. It's going to take a while for Earnhardt to reel in the leader as he is just about seven or eight car lengths back. Terry Labonte is trying to unlap himself. He lost a lap after those two pit stops just a moment ago here at Texas World Speedway. The heat continues to really beat down. on Eli Gold, if it's anywhere near as hot out there as it is in our booth here, I feel for you. Well,
4: I just turned over and basted myself the other side, so... uh we're hanging in there. We're watching the activity here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt, uh, chassis adjustment or not, has still been able to chop away at the real estate. And right now, Hounds nose to tail with Benny Parsons. Those two cars sweeping by us here in turn number one. They go to the high side, does Benny. To the low side goes Dale Earnhardt. Now midway between turns one and two, a bit for the lead. Dick May in the 75 automobile is there. Earnhardt has to tuck it again behind Benny Parsons. But again, Earnhardt working well. Benny has a car length of an edge. John Earnhardt, who was in second, they head midway down the back, shoot there to turn three.
5: And coming into turn three, it is still Benny Parsons, but Benny Parsons is going low. Earnhardt tries to go down on the apron. They're way down low as they're side by side, but Parsons hangs on to the lead as they come out of turn four.
1: Benny Parsons figured out the Earnhardt maneuver that time. He just backed out of the throttle and slowed up enough that he could ease down to the bottom of the racetrack and chop Earnhardt off. And for the moment, Dale has to settle for second position. Taking a quick moment to step into our booth, the team manager for R.J. Reynolds and the Winston Racing Program is Dan Henley. And Dan and this is quite a sight here this afternoon
6: yes Bernie, you're certainly right this is really exciting this is one of the better races i've seen this year I'm...
1: well as they scoot off turn number two here's earnhardt pulling door to door goes after the lead as they hit turn three
5: turn three it is earnhardt now it is parsons slow traffic parsons goes high earnhardt is dropping low and it's still parsons and earnhardt now it's side by side Earnhardt down low, Earnhardt comes up, but Parsons is the leader.
1: Earnhardt had to go all the way to the bottom of the racetrack, but in doing so, he got so close to the grass, he had to come out of the throttle a bit, even though Benny Parsons took the long way around the racetrack. He came out of the corner ahead, and again, he planks his lead as about three or four car lengths. Dan, the Winston Cup points this year has been very close for a while. It started out, looked like there were going to be four or five drivers running right along with no more than 10 or 20 points difference. But Bobby Allison has just had finishes that are unreal for the last 13 or 14 races.
6: That's right, Barney. He's certainly been lucky this year. And, of course, he's got a little skill to go along with it. And no doubt about that. But he's 193 points ahead of Ricky Rudd, who is in second. Then Darrell Waldrop, third. And Harry Gantt running fourth.
1: Well, we wanted to chat with you a moment because uh, I think you came over from drag racing in the Winston program there and I think you like this business a little bit better, right? Hey,
6: this is really super. It's a
1: great deal. Marty Hall, if we could
4: just jump in for a quick moment. Joe Rutman was slowing as he came off turn number two moments ago. He was running awfully well, but he was slowing noticeably off the turn.
1: Here is Rutman down on the apron of the track and coming onto pit road, and there is trouble on Joe Rutman's car after a good, strong run this afternoon. It will indeed be sad if he has to take that car to the garage area and take it out of competition.
2: He's bringing it on down pit road. The right front tire is flat on that car as he brings it in here, so so this is the second unscheduled pit stop since his schedule around here not too long ago. They were a little bit confused when he came into the pits, not knowing exactly what was wrong. They had the wrong air gun over there, and finally the jackman gets over, so it's going to cost Joe a lot of extra time here as they change the flat right front tire. Meanwhile, Earnhardt
5: has the lead over Parsons. Has just gone by, so Earnhardt is your leader.
1: Dale Earnhardt, after really working for it, finally emerges out of turn number four ahead of Benny Parsons. Earnhardt is now out front. Parsons rides in the second spot. Still in third position is Bobby Allison. They're now posting Richard Childress as being the fourth place car. Dan, thanks a lot for taking a moment to stop by out of your busy schedule to chat with us, and we're delighted to have you here in Texas.
6: Okay, thank you very much, Barney.
1: Dan Henley, who's the new team manager for the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company and the Winston Racing Program. Here's Rutman off pit road and going back onto the track, and there, that is too bad. After a real good run here this afternoon, he's got a lot of ground to make up now to have a top five finish.
2: Yes, he does, Barney, and Dave Marcus is in for an unscheduled pit stop in the Norton car number 71. He's in for a change of left side tires. We've had several cars to come in for a change of left side tires, so apparently they are wearing those left side tires as much as they are the right side here today, which is unusual. The fact that so many are running that low on the racetrack would contribute to that uh where they're getting on the left side here's uh Junior Donnelly's car number 90 with Jody Ridley back in. It's not been too long since he was in, but he's changing right side. And I'll tell you, I'm going to speculate a little bit, Barney, and say as low as Earnhardt and a couple of the other cars are running up here in three and four, that they're kicking gravel out on the racetrack that maybe is cutting some of the tires.
1: Well, I would definitely say Earnhardt is, because he has just been a whisker away from running in the grass. That is how low he's taken the car this afternoon, but it has been the difference in being able to hang on to the
3: lead. Trouble for Joe Rudman. He's back on pit road, and Jared is headed down there to find out just what the problem is. Rutman comes, and the crew was not expecting him. They run over the wall and confer with the California driver, the USAC stock car champion, and it is, whatever it is, does not seem to be repairable. They are coming around to the right side of the car now, and they are going to change tires once again on the right side of the machine. Ned Jarrett working his way into Joe Rutman's pit. Ned? Well, certainly there is
2: confusion here right now, Mike Joy. As you mentioned, they've gone back and they're changing that same uh, right front tire, and now the man on the right rear has that tire off as Booby Harrington has gone in to talk to Joe Rutman, and the right rear tire was flat this time as it came in. So, a very unusual set of circumstances here for Joe Rutman, who's been running so well. Now they have the car serviced, and he's about ready to go finally. He, uh, nope. Now he's rolling. Okay, finally he gets away.
1: What a tough break for Joe Ruttman. He's never been out of the top ten all afternoon and has been in the top five off and on most of the day. 115 laps are complete of the 200 that make up the Budweiser 400 here at College Station, Texas. The heat continues to beat down on the drivers and the crews and the spectators, and it looks to be a record crowd out for a race here at Texas World Speedway. And it is a partisan crowd pulling for young Terry Labonte, who put his car, the Stratograph machine, on the pole, and they had hoped to watch him roll into victory lane. He has lost a lap, and he's trying to get himself back in the lap of the leaders. Back at Texas World Speedway, a tough break for Randy Ogden and the Piedmont Airlines
3: machine as Ogden is coasting around turn four in front of Woody Carson's position.
5: He comes in now and heads for pit row. We'll have to wait to see what the problem would be.
1: Heading back into turn number one, Earnhardt has covered up for a moment with Terry Labonte who had unlapped himself just as we cut away on that commercial break, but now Earnhardt comes flashing back by to put him down a lap again, and Benny Parsons was swarming all over Earnhardt as Labonte sandwiched in there trying to unlap himself. They head back into turn number three, Earnhardt riding in front, Parsons hanging on to second spot, and they put quite a bit of distance now between themselves and Bobby Allison, who is about seven or eight seconds behind. Earnhardt continues to take that low line through three and four, and he's sticking it right to the bottom of the racetrack down in turns one and two. But it is an unusual line that we have seen here this afternoon with a Wrangler driver, Dale Earnhardt.
3: But it is characteristic, Barney, of Earnhardt's style, especially last year when he won the Winston Cup title. Just find a comfortable place to run, and who cares if anybody else likes that groove or not? And for Earnhardt today, it's been right on the bottom. Joe Ruttman tries to catch a draft off the defending Winston Cup champ out of turn number two, and it is just unbelievable how low Barney, he's able to put that race car
1: and keep it at both ends of the speedway. Well, his young crew is so talented. They learn so much, and of course, with Dale Inman being added to the crew, he is one of the best chassis men in the business, being able to make a car work get around the racetrack and he has tried so hard the whole team to turn it around to get things going for them in fact we talked with dale yesterday about his bad luck this year and despite all the bad luck he kind of keeps a cheerful attitude and seems to think he can still get it done. he still hangs in there every race you no
6: know, i've got to win again sometime and uh you know we we've got a good team and finally got a good sponsor this year wrangler jeans and and Everything's just working real good uh, for the team. Other than we just haven't won yet, and uh, it's got to happen. We we uh, we're ready for it, and uh, we worked hard enough to earn it. And you know, it's it's going to happen.
3: Let's take you back through the field at 100 laps. That was about 19 laps ago, but give you an idea on how all of the competitors are running. At the halfway point, Benny Parsons was the leader. Dale Earnhardt was in second. Bobby Allison, third. Fourth was Richard Childress, who's having an exceptionally fine afternoon this afternoon, picking up sponsorship today from Texas Steel Haulers for his Pontiac. In fifth was Harry Gant. Sixth, Terry Lavani, And seventh was Lake Speed. All those cars on the lead lap. Dave Marcus had fallen one lap behind in eighth. Ninth was Jody Ridley. Tenth, Richard Petty. Eleventh was Ricky Rudd. Twelfth to Joe Rutman. In the thirteenth position was Tim Richmond. In the fourteenth spot, three laps behind was Randy Ogden, who has right now just come off of Pitt Road. In fifteenth, four laps down is H.B. Bailey. Sixteenth to Richard Childress. Seventeenth is Tommy... or seventeenth, rather. Sixteenth is James Hilton. Seventeenth is Tommy Gale. Five laps down. Eighteenth is J.D. McDuffie. And nineteenth is Buddy Arrington. Six laps behind, the 20th position is Cecil Gordon. In the 21st spot is Lowell Cowell. 22nd is Dick May. Seven laps down. In the 28th position is Rick Baldwin from Texas, and 29th, rather, 24th would be Jimmy Means, would be the last car running.
4: Mike in turn one, a good bit of smoke from behind. James Hilton, the Palatine automotive entry, now smoking rather heavily as he goes up the banking of turn. Number one, he has the car under control.
1: Hilton putting out a lot of smoke, drops the car right down to the apron of the track. We do not see a caution flag on the speedway.
2: And also smoke coming from Jimmy Bean's car number 52. He was given the black flag as he passed by you, Barney. Just uh, this lap uh, he'll be coming in and the NASCAR officials observing the, the smoke coming from his car.
1: Well, that would be two cars if they put him in the garage area that Jimmy has lost here this afternoon. He has two cars that he brought to the West Coast. Baxter Price started the number 50 and it is already retired. So it'd be a bad day for him here at Texas. Benny Parsons is just eating Dale Ernie. Earnhardt alive trying to get the lead as they cross the start finish line and head back into turn one.
4: It's a lot of traffic because Childress is there, so too Rutman, likewise Harry Gant. Now, this time as Earnhardt goes high, Benny goes down low. Earnhardt went uncharacteristically high in turn two. Open the door for Benny Parsons, who works well downstairs. Parsons, your leader, Earnhardt is second now, and moving also as Rutman, he's there watching.
1: Heading up into turn number three, Earnhardt may be setting up Parsons to see what he can do with him over in three and four. He's got the low groove, but he got out of shape going into turn number two, and it cost him the lead. Here's Dale right down at the bottom of the racetrack up at Woody Carson's position.
5: And they're side by side as they're coming out, but it's Parsons holding on to the lead with Earnhardt running second? Labonte sitting at third. Trouble out of turn number up. one.
4: Ricky Rudd, car number 88, now smoking severely as he takes it low on the racetrack. The rest of the field, including the leaders, go by him to the high side as caution is displayed.
1: This is the third caution flag of the afternoon. Now they'll race back to the start-finish line. Parsons is in the lead. Labonte trying to unlap himself and Earnhardt trying to grab onto the lead as they head down the back chute. It is still door-to-door for Terry Labonte and Benny Parsons as Terry is trying to get back on the lead lap. They head to turn three.
3: And Harry gant has got to go because they'll almost overhaul Gant and put him a lap down. They're up in front of Woody Carson racing for the flag.
5: Yes, they are. And here they come. And it's Benny Parsons. Earnhardt is back in second place. Labonte is coming down. Labonte is not going to make it. Coming down to the line, Terry
1: Labonte dives right between Benny Parsons and Harry Gantt, and he gets his lap back. By
2: about six or eight inches, Barney, I was looking straight across as you were at the start-finish line, and he just barely made it. He used the draft both of Gantt and uh, Benny Parsons to squeeze in between them, and Gantt managed to stay out there also. He was just about to go and lap down. As
5: there came off a turn four that time, there was no room, and then suddenly it opened up. And Labonte made the move.
1: The Texas fans love it. They all come to their feet. were cheering when the caution came out, hoping Labonte could get himself back in the lead lap and have a chance to win here in his home state this afternoon. He has unlapped himself and is back on the lap with the leaders. 124 laps are complete, and this is the third caution flag of the day in the Budweiser 400. Well, it's a drag race off pit road between Harry Gant and Dale Earnhardt as they scoot back onto the racetrack after a round of pit stops. Richard Petty pits the S.T.P. Buick. He's going back out on the speedway as they're all fitting under this third caution flag of the afternoon on a hot and humid afternoon at Texas World Speedway. The caution coming out again in case you just joined our broadcast on lap 124 when Ricky Rudd lost an engine here in the front straightaway on the die guard and Gatorade car. And he really put oil all the way down the front stretch. But the big move of the race has just been made by young Terry Labonte, who started on the pole here this afternoon. He sandwiched himself in between Benny Parsons and Harry Gant, drafted off both the cars, and as Ned Jarrett told you, he came across the start-finish line about eight or nine inches ahead of the leader, Earnhardt at that time, and Parsons to scoot himself back in the lead lap, and he's determined to win this race.
3: Well, they call Labonte the Iceman, and it was a particularly cool move that he made getting around and coming back to the start-finish line at the expense of Harry Gantt as Gantt ended up a lap down as they came back to the flag. Ned Jarrett is down on pit road with a wireless microphone. Ned, on his We're way. We're in the
2: garage area here as Ricky Rudd has just uh, rolled the Gatorade car number 88 in here with water all coming from under that car.
9: Ricky, did the engine let go? Yeah, Ned, it was uh, on the front stretch. Uh, something broke in the bottom end. I don't know if a rod or, or a crankshaft, something broke. The car really
2: wasn't working as well for you today as you have been in previous races.
9: Well, this is the first time uh, we've had this car on a, on, a, on a handling racetrack. We usually run this car at Daytona and Talladega. It's the only tracks it's been to, and it's, it's really created a lot of problems for us here this week. We never did get the handle on it and started to race the same way. It just give us problems all day. Ricky, you're soaking wet. It's awfully hot out there. Well, I think it's hotter in this garage area than it is in the cars. You didn't feel it that much out there then, huh? No, I didn't really notice the heat that bad. Well, Ricky has
2: had to park it here for today, so he'll be heading on to California for next week.
1: Ned, while you have him there, you might ask him a bit about the condition of, of how they're getting so low over in turns three and four when they, that is not supposed to be the place to run here this afternoon.
2: Ricky, we've noticed that Dale Earnhardt in particular and several other cars are running extremely low in turns three and four over there. How is he able to do that?
9: Well, evidently, they've been able to get their cars tight. Uh, all the only way to be able to run down low, you got to have a push in a car. And uh, that's something we tried to get into car all week. We're not, we were not able to do that, but uh, I can tell they're pushing, but you know, the smoke in the right front tire running on the bottom of the racetrack. And you know, definitely that's the quickest way around if you can get down there and race. Ricky, we had several cars, uh, Joe Rutman
2: in particular, that came in with cut tires, and they were running over something on the racetrack. Is maybe Earnhardt kicking up some gravel from down there?
9: Well, I think, you know, that could possibly be it, a lot of trash down low. I know uh, my windshield's got rock pits all over it, uh, like someone shot it with a shotgun blast. But I really didn't notice any trash. You don't see anything blowing around, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're kicking up some stuff up in the, in the higher grooves where everybody's running. Of course, that's not Ricky Rudd's problem here today.
1: We are back under green on lap 129, and they come up to full bore. Benny Parsons gets the jump on the field in that melling 2-4 to Bud Moore, and he is pulling Earnhardt now by some seven or eight car lengths, but Dale begins to reel him in a little bit in turn one.
4: Dale tries to cut it down to four car lengths. Bobby Adelson is back by eight car lengths. He is running third, and going fourth at this juncture is Terry Labonte again back on the lead lap. Off turn number two now. Your leader is Benny Parsons by a car length over Dale Earnhardt. He closes, then back 12 car lengths to Bobby Adelson and Labonte. They'll make it up now for third. Also a challenge for the lead.
5: And Earnhardt makes a move on the inside. Earnhardt has taken the lead from Benny Parsons as he comes low in that groove through turn three and four. It is Earnhardt and Parsons now as they come down for the straightaway.
1: Dale Earnhardt again takes that low run and scoots back into the lead. Benny Parsons drops back to second spot. Allison is back to third. Let's go to the garage and Ned Jarrett.
2: One of the cars that dropped out there just a moment ago is Ricky Rudd blew an engine with James Hilton and did the same thing happen to you, James.
5: Yeah, I lost the valve, thank Ned. It was running pretty good and just quit all at once. James,
2: at the terrific pace they're setting out there this afternoon.
9: Well, the track uh, for the shape is in, I don't see how the wheels are staying on, but they are. I guess, I guess uh, Stock Car Racer ain't got enough sense to... You know, to slow down, just run wide open. Whoa! There's
1: trouble in turn number three. Lake Speed is out of control. Goes on the grass, skids up through the infield area, then comes back onto the racetrack. And caution is on the speedway. Another car also involved. Let's go up to Woody Carson.
5: Okay, it was Lake Speed all the way down through water. He came back up the top of the groove. He turned around. He is going in the right direction. He's heading down toward pit row two other cars came through the water and uh, they're sitting in rest in the grass somewhere off of it we could not identify them from this location as they were too low on the track in behind campers in the infield area but Lake Speed is okay he's coming in now And uh, apparently a couple of cars got locked up back on the back straightaway. Here
1: is Lake Speed on pit road, and there's quite a bit of sheet metal damage on the right side of the car. The other car, the blue one that skidded up on the racetrack, also appeared to be number 71, Dave Marcus. And there may have been a third car involved in that. We're checking with the NASCAR officials now as water went flying everywhere when they scooted off on the grass heading up into turn number three. This is the fourth caution flag of the day coming out on lap number 132 when Lake Speed went off the racetrack going into turn number three. Mike Joy.
3: Believe the third car involved, and it's bad news for the home state fans. It looked to be Terry Labotti's car that is parked at the infield grass at turn three, facing our position. The car went through a mudslide of about two hundred feet before finally coming to rest, and it is pointed facing off the racetrack down at the inside of turn number three. We'll report further just as soon as we can verify that with NASCAR.
1: We're checking, looking around the field as the field is strung out single file all the way around the racetrack. And by process of elimination, we're looking to see if we see Labati's car anywhere on this two-mile racetrack. And thus far, we do not. So apparently, that is going to be the machine that is in trouble. And what a bad break for this young driver from Corpus Christi. After unlapping himself, after running his heart out here this afternoon, hoping to have a shot to win the Budweiser 400 lap 132 is on the board of the 200 that make up the budweiser 400 here at college station terry labati is the third car involved in this caution that has just come out when lake speed went off the racetrack heading up into turn number three skidded some seven or eight hundred feet through the infield grass down on the apron of the track and spewed water everywhere, went back out of the racetrack. Dave Marcus also had to run off the course to keep from running over some of the other drivers. He is the second car involved and Terry Lamotti had his problems also going into the corner over there and has parked the car and Lamar- it's going to cost him any chance of a victory. Let's go to the garage and Ned Jarrett.
2: Well, let's make note that Dave Marcus just came back down pit road so he does have his car righted and he's in the pits right now for service as are some of the front runners.
1: The only damaged car, one that came on pit road was Lake Speed that showed some sheet metal damage. He may have collapsed with Terry Labonte's car. We'll wait for a report on that in a few moments. Mike Joy, they could be changing a windshield in Bobby Allison's Hardy's Buick. That's what it looks like from here, Barney, that there's a bunch of
3: debris. Ricky Rudd reported earlier that there were rock pits all in his windshield, and that appears to be what they're doing. They're trying to pry the old windshield out. Now, in your local garage and body and fender shop, that's about a two-hour operation, but With these quick release clips, they have been able to change these in about 60 or 70 seconds. They're having some problems, and now Waddell Wilson comes up. It looks like all they're going to do is tape up what apparently is a crack at the base of the windshield in Bobby's car and send him back around to keep him on the lead lap.
1: Well, Ned Jarrett, who's in the garage area, hoping to get a word with some of the drivers that had problems over there. And in a moment, we'll check back in with Ned and see Barney,
2: if... I'm really into Bobby Allison's pits right now, and they're not working on the windshield that much as taping some of the sheet metal on the car. that would be the fender to the hood on both sides. So apparently they had something that has come loose on it. We'll get a word with L. Wilson in a moment as they watch that uh, pace car to be sure that they don't go a lap down. As they put that tape on, now they're about ready to send him out.
1: Well, as the pace car brings the field under caution out of turn number four, they're putting Bobby Allison back onto the speedway to keep him on the lead lap. We're working 134 laps here at the Texas Speedway this afternoon of the 200 that will make up the Budweiser 400. Back at Texas World Speedway, a lengthy caution flag being brought out for the fourth time this afternoon over at turn number three when Lake Speed went off the track, hit the dirt about 800 feet, came back onto the racetrack. Dave Marcus and Terry Labonte also involved in that altercation over there and it's going to cost Labonte any chance he had of winning here this afternoon. Let's go back to the pits and Ned Jarrett. Well, Barney,
2: just as we're about to go away on the commercial, I learned in Bobby Allison's pit that the rear hood hinges had broken on his car and what they have done is tape the rear of the hood down to the fenders. Right now, we're in Lake speeds pits they're about to bring him back in for a change of windshields they are indeed going to change the windshield on lake speeds car and try to get him back in the running
1: so the speculation that we made that there was a lot of pitting of windshields here this afternoon some of those windshields are cracking and they're having to replace them as Ned Jarrett makes his way back up pit road if he can get up to Terry Labonte's pits we might find out what the condition of his car is and that if he will indeed be able to get back in most of the crew is still in there so we're not really sure how, how serious the damage is to the car. Apparently whatever it is the wrecker is at the scene over in turn number three down on the apron of the track and they're trying to get his machine back to the pits. Well Barney
2: as I walk down pit road now Lake Speed did come in and he did not have a windshield in the car at all so all they got to do is just put one in they don't have to take the old
3: one out. Well, I think, the, I think that spin up in turn three did a pretty good job of removing that. 130-lap rundown showed Earnhardt as the leader, Benny Parsons in second, and Bobby Allison third. That's just the way they were running right now. Terry Labonte was the fourth-place car when he crashed in that incident in turn number three. One lap down, Lake Speed, Harry Gannon, Richard Petty. Two laps behind, Richard Childress. Jody Ridley and Dave Marcus would now be the tenth place car, with Labonte slipping a couple of laps down as a result of the altercation at turn number three. Let's Go back Mike to Ned Jarrett.
2: I'm in the pits, in Terry Labonte's pits with his Bob with his dad Bob. Bob, have you had any word from Terry by radio?
0: No, we hadn't heard a word.
2: So you don't know what its uh, condition of the car is or anything?
0: No, oh, Dale Earnhardt
3: said it was pretty bad. It, was, it tore it up pretty bad.
2: Well, that's the report from Terry Labonte's dad, Bob, who is one of their pit crew members. Harry Gant is in the pits right now with the hood up on his car. They're adding some oil to it, I believe. No, they're not. They're setting the timing on the car. We've seen some very unusual things happen here this afternoon or some things happen in the pits that we normally don't see, but he's taking advantage of this caution period to set the timing on the car. It is definitely not running up to
3: par. Well, Ned, you can tell Bob Labonte that they've just hooked, put the hook onto Terry's car and the damage to the left front of the Billy Hagen stratigraph machine is fairly extensive. On car number 44, they're just now bringing it up on turn number three
1: and around it back toward the garage area. Well, that puts a sinking feeling in your stomach for a youngster like Terry who has drove his heart out here this afternoon after starting on the pole and really running extremely hard all day to stay up in that lead lap he got down a lap made it up a moment ago when the caution came back out and then to get involved in an accident that is no fault of his own apparently going down the back straightaway when Lake Speed had some trouble going into the corner it has now put him out of competition I talked with Terry yesterday right after he won the poll he really liked his chances of winning here at Texas this weekend
8: yeah I really do uh, I'd say this is probably our best, our best shot of the year
1: right here you know just looking at our past record and how we've done here in the past but it is all over for young Terry Labonte. He'll have to wait for another day to win on his home track here at College Station. 136 laps complete of the 200 that make up the Budweiser 400 here on a hot June afternoon at Texas World Speedway. And the attrition rate is eliminating quite a few drivers as we still have quite a ways to go. Some 64 laps remaining.
3: 12 of the 34 original starters are now out of the race. And to give you a quick rundown... Terry Labonte's car is just now being towed back to the pit and garage area. There's damage to the left front and the left rear of Billy Hagan's stratigraph Buick and the entire front end is pretty well crunched in and that will take him out of contention. Ned's right in front of the car.
2: Yes, Mike, and the right side is really banged up worse than the left side. He got into a mound of dirt on the... Uh backstretch over there where that spin was and every corner of that automobile is banged up. Terry is still sitting in the car with a very disgusted look on his face. We're making our way into the garage area to have a
1: word with him. Well, you could hear the Texas fans, Mike, as they towed the car through the pit wall and take him out of competition giving him quite a cheer here this afternoon after one of the strongest runs we've seen him post in a long time. Well, Labonte will be credited with 23rd finishing position after sitting on the pole and running up well up
3: among the leaders all day. Ricky Rudd went out with a blown engine, as did James Hilton. Bobby Walwax's car is in the garage area, along with that of Roger Hamby. The number 20 car of Rick Newsome hit the wall in turn number three. He's out. Darrell Waltrip has cracked a cylinder head. Kyle Petty has lost an engine. Frame damage in a practice crash yesterday has sidelined Morgan Shepard's machine. And also out of the race, the cars of DK Ulrich, Kirk Shelmerdine, and Baxter Price. All three of those cars going out within the first 10 laps of this Budweiser NASCAR 400. Here's Lake Speed's car coming by, and the damage to the passenger door and the right rear fender. It's just cosmetic. It was enough uh, to make him have to come into the pits and make some repairs to move that sheet metal, and they replaced the windshield, as Ned Jarrett explained. Tim Richmond getting right side tires on the Uno Oldsmobile. Dennis Connor and the crew administering to Richmond, and he is down off the Jackson away, and it's a long, lengthy pit stop for Harry Gantt with the hood up on the Reynolds and Needham Pontiac
1: car number 33. That's unusual because this team has had good, consistent finishes all year long with Travis Carter as the crew chief, and of course they get their engines from Junior Johnson's racing team up in Ronda, North Carolina, and they've had a very strong engine and have been in contention to win. they finished second on numerous occasions, and it's just the big question on everyone's mind is how much longer before they can win a race we're ready to go back to green racing here at college station texas harold kinder waves the green flag and benny parsons comes really up through the gearbox in a hurry and jumps out of the lead takes him down into turn of one earnhardt rides in second spot quickly let's go to the garage and Ned Jarrett.
2: we're standing by with terry labonte who's here looking over his mangle number 44 car terry what happened what caused the accident
8: oh, i was laughing a slower car down the back straightaway and and you know, half of them don't move down for you, so you got to pass them on the inside. And I, I went by him on the inside, and I started moving back up against the wall. And I guess you know, you know, naturally when you do that, they just want to race with you anyway. And he clipped me in the quarter panel. You know, I might have moved up a little bit too soon, but uh, you know, he could have he could have eased off and let me in. So
2: anyway, it caused you to spin. This has to be one of the most disappointing days of your career.
8: It really is. You know, the car was really working good, and uh, you know, I can't I can't say no. You can't say anything, you know, uh, the car was really working good, and I really thought we had a shot at winning it, but, uh, you know, it's the way it goes.
2: Well, you had made an awfully cool move getting back in the same lap with the leader. Sorry to see you out of it here today
1: you can hear the heartbreak in Terry Labotti's voice because he really felt like he had a shot to win with Jake Elder working on the crew with them here, and Jake will also go to Riverside, California and be the crew chief on the car out there, so maybe next week they can put it together for the Warner Hodgson 400 at Riverside. We are up to racing speed again under Green after a lengthy caution flag, 140 laps complete, 60 laps to go, and the Budweiser 400, here comes the front pack. It is Earnhardt riding out front, Parsons goes after him for the lead down in turn number one.
4: Benny works inside of Earnhardt, Benny has worked well down there, he stays glued low Earnhardt goes to the high side and Benny has the lead, so Benny Parsons using the Earnhardt tactic, goes low takes the lead, Earnhardt now in second Bobby Allison is right there, nose to tail in third, then comes the Richard Petty automobile, still a lap down, midway down the back straightaway, equidistant between cars 1, 2 and 3, Parsons Earnhardt and Allison
5: and it's now Earnhardt trying to make a move on Parsons but Parsons is going down low on the apron to stay out in front As Parsons keeps Earnhardt behind him and Allison moving there. Also Petty trying to get out of it. Here they come.
1: Front three ride nose to tail just about a car length apart with 141 laps complete in the Budweiser 400 here at College Station. Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons and Bobby Allison bringing this crowd to their feet, laugh after laugh as they're dicing for the lead in the Budweiser 400, but it is Earnhardt still riding the low groove in three and four and keeping everybody back in second, third, fourth, and right on back through the field. Here's Dale, back to the line, the Wrangler machine is in front. Riding second is Benny Parsons, third is Bobby Allison, Richard Petty is being indicated as the fourth place car. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett. We're
5: standing
2: by with Travis Carter, who is the crew chief on Harry Gant's Gold Bandit. What's the problem with it, Travis?
9: Apparently some, we had some malfunction with the distributor about midway and it just got worse and worse and we finally had to stop and change it.
2: you think it's okay now?
9: It's, it looks to be running okay.
2: But he's lost a lot of time, so Harry again out there trying to make up some of that lost time.
3: Down into turn number three, Dale Earnhardt leads what has become a fierce battle for the lead. They are racing in earnest. Earnhardt in the Pontiac. The Ford Thunderbird of Betty Parsons and the Buick of Bobby Allison are three cars tied together like a short express train coming off of tour number four back to the start finish line single file there is not two feet separating all of the three of them
4: Bobby looks to the inside. Allison, that is, entering turn number three. Cutting low again is going to be Earnhardt, but here's the battle for second place. Allison is downstairs. Benny Parsons going high. Allison steps on the button, takes the Hardy special to second spot. Off turn number two, they go dicing towards the outside retaining wall. Midway down the back straightaway, Earnhardt, Allison, Benny Parsons, they're all nose to tail to turn three.
5: But Allison trying to get low before Earnhardt does is shut off by Earnhardt as Earnhardt holds onto the lead down low on turn number three. Uh, Pearson's now makes a move inside on on Allison, but let's see it's Earnhardt on Allison and Pearson.
1: As they come back to the line, Dale Earnhardt leads him down to the stripe. He put a cool move on Bobby going into turn number three. Bobby was had the position on him going into the corner. He cracked the throttle, made Bobby come out of it also. Allison goes after the lead in one and looks like he's going to get it.
4: He'll work downstairs. Kicked Earnhardt to the high side. Benny Parsons also works well downstairs. He'll sneak by, taking the free ride from Allison. So Earnhardt now dropped back to third spot. Allison, your leader, working well in the low part of the racetrack. Now midway down the back straightaway. Benny Parsons cuts inside a challenge for the lead.
5: And Parsons has a lead, taking it away from Bobby Allison at Earnhardt, trying to get back in that free ride, but Allison says no. It's door handle to door handle as they turn through through number three and four. Now it's three abreast as Earnhardt comes up side by side, coming down the front straightaway.
1: They are three abreast as they hit the start-finish line. Earnhardt at the bottom of the racetrack. Parsons in the middle and the hardy sandwich on the outside of Bobby Allison. They're still that way in turn one. Unbelievable
4: as they go three wide. Now down to two with Earnhardt taking the lead, going the low side. Bobby Allison goes a bit higher. He'll try to hang on to second spot. Benny Parsons, though, low on the racetrack. He wants second place. Coming off turn number two. Now down the back straightaway. It's behind Earnhardt. The battle for second place. Benny Parsons to the inside. Allison to the outside.
5: And Earnhardt now holds the lead, but Parsons and Allison are battling for second place as the three of them come through. But Earnhardt holds the edge, and now it's Allison and Parsons. Now it's Parsons and Allison. Here they come down to the front straight away.
3: Benny Parsons on the inside of Bobby Allison and Parsons. By half a car link make that a foot. Has the second spot, not anymore. Turn one.
4: Bobby goes outside, swings down to 22 degrees of banking, has the second spot away from Benny Parsons. So Benny, he tried to stay low, but Bobby used the banking and the graduating banking from 12 degrees to 22 degrees to make the move. Now off turn number two, down the back straightaway. Earnhardt up by three car lengths over Bobby Allison. He's up by a car length over Benny Parsons in third.
3: Well, as Parsons and Allison continue to battle, Barney, it does not appear that anybody can touch or run with Dale Earnhardt. They were three abreast just two laps ago, and now Earnhardt has opened up a six-car length advantage.
1: He is strong. Well, they've got their stuff together here. They've been trying to do that, turn that race team around all year. They haven't won in 1981. Last year, he couldn't do anything wrong this year. They've had everything going for them for a while. They've been in every race that they've been in. They've led a couple of laps at it, had a chance to win, and then had little things break on the car. But it is certainly Dale Earnhardt's day, and if he can hang it all together, he's going to be hard to head off at the pass here deep in the heart of Texas this afternoon. Right now, he leads Bobby Allison by almost 10 car lengths
3: scoring shows Allison and Benny Parsons to be the second and third place cars. Richard Petty is fourth in the running order. He is posted as being one lap behind. Two laps down, Dave Marcus is the fifth place car. Jody Ridley is sixth. Seventh is Lake Speed and eighth is Richard Childress. They are all two laps down. In the ninth spot, three laps behind is Tim Richmond and rounding out the top ten four laps down to the leaders though he ran very strong in the early going is Californian Joe Rutland.
1: Richard Petty, who's trailing along in fourth spot in the STP Buick, he is a lap off the pace here this afternoon. But despite the fact that he is a lap down, I asked Richard yesterday, are you strong enough to win this weekend?
0: Well, I think we can, Barney. Uh, You know, it's down here, it's uh, been a a race that it's sort of got to finish the thing, really, I guess. You got to run good all day. And, you know, like the last time we run here, they didn't have any caution flags at all. First race we run here, or the race before that, they didn't have but one caution flag so it's a kind of operation that you can't sort of elope around and say okay guys uh, you know we'll get a half out behind you we'll catch up when they have a caution you're going to have to run wide open all day long and uh, and when you run wide open all day long then you take more of a chance of having problems with the car and everybody else does too so we feel like our cars are prepared as good or better than
1: anybody else's, so we're ready to run the whole thing wide open. Richard is running wide open. He just got a lap down a little bit earlier this afternoon. He's been right up there within striking distance to get it back. Terry Labonte got his back a little earlier, but Richard just hasn't had the right brakes come his way yet, but he still has plenty of time. 151 laps are complete, 49 laps to go in the Budweiser 400.
3: A postscript on Terry Labonte who's exited the race after crashing in turn three. He was the pole sitter. This may be the first time since we've had these two awards to give out that one driver wins both the goodies Headache Award for having the most misfortune in the race, and I think this partisan Texan press that's here today may likely select Labonte as the goodies winner, and he is right now a strong candidate for MRN's Peak Coolest Driver of the Race Award. The move he put on to get back on the lead lap just a few laps before ending up out of the race was certainly a brilliant one and might be deserving of that honor too. So we'll have to see as the day goes on and we pull our MRN broadcast crew on the Peak Award. And the press box comes up with your goodies tabulation. Just see where Labonte and the other drivers of the 34-car field wind up in those tabulations. 154 laps complete as Dale Earnhardt leads Bobby Allison and Benny Parsons by the start-finish line. Richard Petty is beginning to sneak ever closer to the lead position in an effort to get his lap back. He's one lap down, running in fourth, and in the lead draft.
1: Back at Texas World Speedway, it is still Dale Earnhardt. It's been his race here this afternoon. He has found a quick way around this racetrack, making the car stick right at the bottom of the racetrack in one and two and three and four, and nobody else has been able to do that. That's been the difference this afternoon for him. Bobby Allison is there. He's about three or four car lengths back. Benny Parsons rides along in third position, and for the moment, they appear to say, well the way his car is working, there's no point in wearing herself out. There's no point in trying to get around him and take the lead away. Let's just cool it. We've got one more pit stop to go, and maybe we can get the right set of circumstances to get the lead and hang on to it before it's all over.
2: Barney Hall marked one more car out of the race. It's the Piedmont Airlines Special Number 18 Randy and the Odkin. What happened to it, Randy? No,
6: well, we lost the rear end about halfway through the race. The rear end started losing oil and, and heating up real bad, and we decided we'd just you know, try to stay out there for the Piedmont Airlines, you know, car, but it finally got to where it was could hurt me and hurt nobody else. You know, it's very up, so We brought it here.
2: Here's a fellow we haven't heard a great deal about because he's just uh, in his second year. He ran five races in 1980. Randy from Oklahoma, Woodward, Oklahoma, only 22 years old. And you told me yesterday, Randy, that you got into racing, that your dad owned the race car, that your preacher was driving, and then what happened to the preacher that got you into the car?
6: Well, he decided he didn't want to run anymore, so we was stuck with uh, trying to find a new driver, and I guess I was elected.
2: He couldn't run on Sunday, I guess.
6: Huh? He couldn't run on Sunday, I guess. Right, and that's when all the good races were.
2: Okay, well, Randy, we're sorry to see you out of it. Better luck next time around.
1: Thank you. <laughs> that's quite a story. <laughs> It really is. With 158 laps in the record book here this afternoon at Texas World Speedway, Earnhardt rides at front. Bobby Allison is second. Still hanging on a third is Benny Parsons. Fourth is Richard Petty. And Mike Joy can take us a little further back. Petty is one lap down in the fourth position,
3: though he's hanging right with the lead draft. In fifth is Dave Marcus. He is two laps down. Sixth is Jody Ridley. Seventh is Lake Speed. All three of those cars are two laps behind the leader. And posted in the eighth spot currently is the Tim Richmond automobile. Richard Childress is ninth, and Joe Rutman is the tenth place car.
1: Benny Parsons is hoping to turn the mailing team around here this afternoon. they won one event up at Nashville Speedway a couple of weeks ago, and they went to Dover. They had high hopes of maybe getting things going their way after a slow start this season in Bud Moore's car. They got involved in a wreck up there about lap number three due to no fault of their own and put the machine out. They've had trouble finishing all year.
4: Well, Benny's flexing the muscles in turn one now. He cuts to the inside of Bobby Allison in a bid for second place. Eight car lanes behind your leader Earnhardt. Benny is low on the racetrack. Allison to the high side, sweeping off to Turn number two, now it's going to be Benny Parsons using the low side of the racetrack to take second place away from Bobby Allison, who stays nose to tail as they head to turn three.
5: And they're still Parsons out in front of Allison as the two try to close in on Earnhardt. Earnhardt has the lead, but takes that low groove. Parsons and Allison going low with them. Parsons is the first one to come up high. Earnhardt is up there, but Earnhardt hangs on to the lead as Parsons closes.
1: Well, as they come back to the line, if Benny could make that car stick at the bottom of the racetrack, Mike Joy, he'd have a good shot at running as strong as Earnhardt is. Earnhardt's strong suit this afternoon is the line he is able to take through the turns. It's the short way around here, Barney, even more so than at Dover, where we're accustomed
3: to seeing some drivers run the bottom of the track, some the middle, and some the very top. If you're on the top here, it is definitely the slow way around due to the long circumference of these turns. But I have to say that this, I think, is the strongest we have seen Benny Parsons all year in a super speedway race. The car has been right up there, right in the thick of things all day, and he's hanging tight on Dale Earnhardt. Well, the back you're
2: exactly right. That is the strongest we've seen
3: that car run. I talked with Bud Moore this morning and asked
2: him how he felt his chances was here today, and he says, we feel real good about it. He says, we have a new concept in an engine here today that's producing more horsepower than we've been producing in the past, and he said, we feel good about it. He said, everything is brand new in the engine. He says we are turning more RPMs. In other words, they have a little bit lower gear than they normally pull. He said if that thing will hang together, it's going to be tough and it is tough as Eli Gold sees him come off a of number two.
4: As they work off the number two turn and down the back straightaway, Earnhardt not able to shake Benny Parsons at this point. It's about a car lane between the two. Then Benny has about five or six car lanes back to third place runner Bobby Allison in turn three.
5: Earnhardt holds that lane. It's low in that groove, way down. Parsons holds just a little bit up uh, on that side, banking. Now Earnhardt comes back up as they head for the start-finish line.
1: Coming back out of the line, Earnhardt just will not be headed off here this afternoon as the laps wind down in the Budweiser 400 at College Station, Texas. 162 are complete. Caution is back out here at Texas World Speedway. Let's go to
3: Eli Gold at turn one.
4: It involved three cars in turn number one. As the cars began to work their way through, and it involved some of the slower cars, the DK Ulrich automobile, that car number 40, driven today by Rick Baldwin out of Corpus Christi, Texas, it began smoking rather severely. He took it down onto the apron, but closing in behind him, the 77 automobile, that of Lowell Cowell, and the Cecil Gordon automobile, and all of a sudden, all three cars began to spin around. They kicked up a good bit of smoke. They've come to stop near where the Kyle Petty car was earlier, where are still even at this late juncture, some of the speedy dry on the racetrack. So as a smoke screen came up, the three cars spun around. Baldwin continued away as did Lowell Cowell, but Cecil Gordon is the car right now still residing in turn number one. Cecil is okay. We saw him poke his head out and look around but uh, the other two cars have gone on their way.
3: So caution is out for the fifth time this afternoon here at Texas World Speedway. Caution on lap 162 with a spin down in turn number one involving those three automobiles. Everybody's on pit road. Ned?
2: This should be their last stop, Mike. There's uh, only 35 laps to go. They should be able to go the rest of the way. Benny Parsons and Bobby Allison are in for a four-tire change. Bobby Allison, uh, or Benny Parsons is beating Bobby Allison out. As he goes down pit road, he should retain the lead, and here goes Dale Earnhardt after changing four tires. He passes Bobby Allison going down pit road, so your one, two, three cars will remain Benny Parsons out front, or it will be when the green flag drops again at least, and Dale Earnhardt second and Bobby Allison third.
3: Richard Petty did not make up the one lap that he was down, so he remains a lap behind the three leaders. On pit road, the cars of H.B. Bailey, J.D. McDuffie, the Dick May Automobile, Ronnie Thomas, Tommy Gale, Jody Ridley, Joe Rutman, and Buddy Arrington receiving service. With the caution out, 34 laps to go here at College Station, Texas. The Ford, the Buick, and the Pontiac, the three cars at the head of the field. Earnhardt, the Wrangler Jeans Machine Pontiac, Bobby Allison and the Hardee's. Restaurants, Buick, and the Melling Tool Ford, the Budmore car for Benny Parsons. Three different types of machines, and certainly, Barney, three different driving styles up there
1: in the front three spots. Well, Earnhardt has, definitely has the advantage. I think we'll, all of our guys on the crew here will agree this afternoon the way he's been able to run in the corners, and almost all the drivers predicted that that would be the winning key here today. If some team came up on the right combination to make the car work the shortest way around, which was down very close to the apron of the track, and hang it together all day, it would be hard to beat. And that's been Earnhardt's strong point all afternoon. But this race is far from over with 166 laps remaining. Set to go back onto the green with... 33 laps remaining here in the
3: Budweiser NASCAR 400 at College Station, Texas. Benny Parsons was the first man out of the pits. He heads the field. Dale Earnhardt is second. Third is the Bobby Allison automobile. Fourth, one lap down would now be Richard Petty. Three cars in a group at two laps down. Dave Marcus holds the fifth spot. Sixth is Jody Ridley. And then Tim Richmond is posted as being three laps in arrears. Richmond, next man in the running order. As the field has been decimated by attrition, Fourteen. Of the original 34, starters are already out of the race. Set for
1: the restart, Barney Hall pace car is on pit road. Jimmy Means is bringing his car into the pits just as we go back to green. It's going to be a costly stop for him as they get ready to run down for the checkered flag. Harold Kinder puts him under green. Parsons up through the gearbox in a hurry, trying to pull away from Dale Earnhardt and keep him back there as they hit turn one.
4: And as Bobby Allison now tries to make it a charge to third spot, it's Dave Marcus cutting in front of Bobby for the moment, so he's caught back in traffic. Bobby Allison is. Meanwhile, back at the point, Benny Parsons, your leader, nose to tail with Dale Earnhardt, then working his way low on the racetrack as Harry Gantz out of a field. then Marcus, then finally Bobby Allison caught back in the traffic. Midway down the back straightaway, it's Earnhardt with the bid for the lead.
5: Earnhardt moves to the inside of Parsons Earnhardt is going to go through turn number three on a very low groove. Parsons drops in behind him holding down second place and Bobby Allison moves through traffic into third position as they come down through turn number four.
1: Bobby Allison got caught back in traffic a little bit on that restart but once he found some daylight he really wound her up and now he's reeling in the front twosome of Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons and Eli Gold he is coming in a hurry.
4: Bobby is making tracks right here. He's in a giant rush and as he closes it down to about six car lanes in He still continues to work his way, maybe a half groove higher in turns one and two than both Earnhardt and Benny Parsons, who are staying glued low to the racetrack right here. Midway down the back chute, it's about 15 to 18 car lanes behind is Bobby Allison. Your leader's Earnhardt, Parsons in second. They're in turn three.
5: And Earnhardt holds that lead as Parsons tries to drop down underneath, but Earnhardt says, no, you don't. Earnhardt holds the lead. Parsons still looking for a way around as they turn through turn number four
3: charging up on the high side of the racetrack, Dave Marcus is locked in a battle with Jody Ridley and took uh, quite a bit of time getting around Harry Gantt. That held up Bobby Allison and Allison has some ground to make up down at turn one.
4: He does. Bobby Allison has lost a good bit of real estate. As now, Benny Parsons goes to the high side in turn one. He does not attempt to pass as Earnhardt stays glued down low. Bobby Allison now leading a charge of Richard Petty and Joe Ruttman behind him. Those other two cars again laps down. Midway down the back straightaway, Earnhardt by a half car length over Parsons and a good distance back to Allison.
5: Parsons now close into Earnhardt as they come to three, but Earnhardt starts to pull away again by going low in the groove. Parsons stays with him this time. Hoping to make a move down that front straightaway. Parsons still looking for a way around Earnhardt.
3: Earnhardt and Benny Parsons drafting 1-2. They've got about a second and a half lead on third place. Bobby Allison
1: 29 laps to go. A very interesting observation by Ned Jarrett a moment ago on the strategy right now of Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons. Ned?
2: Benny is running right on the back bumper.
1: He's not making no attempt to
2: pass, and that's very smart that he's doing that. They're using the draft to good advantage right now, pulling away from Bobby Allison. They don't want that third car in there when it goes down to that last lap and they start battling for that lead. Now, Earnhardt don't really know what Parsons can do as long as he sits there in that position, but they both know that they are able to pull away with Bobby from Bobby Allison the way that they're
3: working right now, which is very smart. Take a look at the rundown, all of the 20 cars that are still on the racetrack. Earnhardt is the leader. Parsons is second and Bobby Allison third. They're all in the lead draft. One lap down is Richard Petty. He's on a lap by himself in fourth position. Two laps behind, Dave Marcus is the fifth place car. Strong run today for Marcus. In sixth is Jody Ridley and seventh is posted to the Lake Speed automobile. They are all two laps down as of the 150 lap mark at this complete rundown. In 8th, 3 laps down is Tim Richmond. In ninth, 5 laps behind is Joe Rutman. Harry Gant lost 7 laps in the pits. He's the 10th place car. Also 7 down is the Tommy Gale machine. 8 laps behind, J.D. McDuffie is 12th. Buddy Arrington is 13th. H.B. Bailey is the 14th place machine. And 15th is the 77 of Lowell Cowell. In the 16th position, Richard Childress is eight laps down, 17th is Dick May, 18th is Cecil Gordon, and 19th is Ronnie Thomas, 20th is Jimmy Means
1: strategy really paying off right now for Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons as they continue to stretch that lead over Bobby Allison they have a little better than a second and a half almost two seconds as a matter of fact as they come back to the line there will be 50 miles to go in the Budweiser 400 here at College Station Texas this has been a good racetrack for Dale Earnhardt although he's never won here he always runs well I talked with him about that yesterday
6: we've led the races here every time we've been here last year we had a real good shot at winning it and I think the year before too and we've had trouble at the end of the race and uh, So maybe maybe this year
1: we can turn things around with the new cars and everything and win one here. He's very much in command right now, but as Ned Jarrett pointed out, he's not really sure what Benny Parsons can do. Benny's been unable to get under him going into three and four all afternoon, but coming out of the corners, he's been able to pull up alongside and has taken the lead away from him on numerous occasions, but just where he'll decide to make that move the final lap or with two or three laps to go, we'll have to wait and see. Here they are, back to the line, Earnhardt in front. He now pulls Benny by about three car lengths as they move to the south end of the track in turn one.
4: These two cars, Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons, they are piloted by gentlemen who have never won a race here at the Texas World Speedway. Only Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, Cale Yarbrough, and Buddy Baker, and, of course, the late Bobby Isaac have victories here. So these two cars, Earnhardt, who now leads Benny Parsons by about three-and-a-half car lanes down the back straightaway, should it hold on. Someone might be tasting victory for the first time here in Texas.
5: Here in turn number three and four, Dale Earnhardt has just pulled an unusual move. He was running extremely low. He came up high just as he came out of turn number four, then dove back to the inside down the front straightaway. Let's see if he does it again. It's hard to say. There's slow cars in front.
1: Earnhardt right now is testing a lot of grooves here as he comes out of the corner and back to the start-finish line. This time, he takes the car almost down to the grass coming across the start-finish line. A few laps ago, he was running out against the wall and a lap or so before that, he was right in the middle of the racetrack, apparently finding out where the car feels the best.
2: Barney, he's trying everything that he knows to try to lose Benny Parsons now. I think that he feels that he's pulled far enough away from Bobby Allison that uh, that might not be a factor now. They have about 22 laps to go when they return and he'd take his chances on that now now he'd like to lose benny parsons and i'll tell you the advantage that he has through turns three and four could work to his advantage because that's where you need it when you come around on that last lap and, and I- every time uh, uh, aaron hart is able to come out of there in front
4: and as we watch them coming towards us in turn number one, it kind of reminds somebody of the moves that Neil Bonnet worked with in Pocono last year. It was an unorthodox move, but a highly successful move. Just take a different line than everybody else, try and shuffle it up a little bit, break the draft and go on to victory. And it worked perfectly for Neil at Pocono last year. And Dale Earnhardt evidently trying to shake Benny Parsons. But right now, midway down the back stretch as they exit at turn number two, it's Benny right there, down by just a car length to Earnhardt.
5: Earnhardt, that time, tried the same moves, but Benny Parsons, second guess, got back in the draft. The two of them are in the draft, down low this time as they come through turn number three and four. Earnhardt holds the lead. Parsons not trying to get around, but trying to stay right there with him.
1: Well, as they come back to the line, 179 laps will be flashed on the board, and the... Budweiser 400, 200 make up the distance here this afternoon. Parsons has closed it down again, just about a car link back, and apparently he's going to wait and make his move with just a couple of laps to go on Dale Earnhardt.
3: Those three cars along with Bobby Allison are on the lead lap. Richard Petty, fourth a lap down, fifth. Two cars have broken off on a lap by themselves. They are Dave Marcus in fifth and Jody Ridley in sixth. They're two laps down. Three laps down, Lake Speed and Tim Richmond in seventh and eighth spot. And four laps behind... Joe Rutman along with Tommy Gale. And Gale is in the top ten. He's having a strong
1: day here at Texas this afternoon. At Texas World Speedway, it continues to be Dale Earnhardt. As the laps run down to the Budweiser 400, Benny Parsons drafts along just about a car length back. And for the moment, they have made it a two-way confrontation. The who gets the checkered flag here this afternoon. Bobby Allison has been drafting along all by himself, about four and a half seconds behind. Now Richard Petty moves in behind Allison and will help him a little bit to make up some ground as the draft will pick him up a little bit. As they come out of turn number four and down to the line, Earnhardt and Parsons trying to pull away from Bobby Allison, as Ned Jarrett pointed out to just make it a two-way shootout let's go to the pits and ed jerry
2: barney one very interesting spectator here this afternoon is a driver from the past that many of the fans will remember troy Rutman, who won the 1952 indianapolis 500 he also ran some nascar stock cars back in the factory days he drove for Bill Strop in the Mercury's uh in the 19 round 63 and 64. troy i know that you got your eyes on your brother joe out there in number six yeah uh, yeah it's sure tremendous race uh I think this is the best show I've seen in a long time. It's just a seesaw battle all day, Ned. Do you get a little bit itchy when you come here and watch these things run? Yeah, Ned, especially when I'm around
6: fellows like you that I used to race with and gosh darn I wish we were back in it ourselves.
2: Well it'd be nice to be running for the money they run for today. Sure would, Ned. Troy, what is your business now? I'm in the motorcycle business up in Plymouth, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit. I really love it. Well you're looking great. It's good to see you here. Hope to see more of you around. Thank you, Ned, and have a super day, a heck of a race. And that brother of yours is doing okay out Not bad. Thank you, Ned.
1: Okay, Barney, that's uh, Troy Rutt. But Joe has had quite a run here this afternoon, and he's developing after he's got a few races under his belt with the NASCAR Winston Cup drivers. He can hold his own with about anybody. If he gets in some good equipment in that five racers car, it is a good piece of equipment, but they have a young team that's trying to piece it together. But as soon as they get their act kind of dialed in, so to speak, I think he's going to be a contender to win a race. This is the situation with 183 laps complete here at Texas World Speedway. 17 laps to go. Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons riding along just about a car length apart. Almost five seconds ahead of Bobby Allison and Richard Petty who ride third and fourth. Now Petty is a lap down. Bobby is in the lead lap. Here's
3: a very tough break for the 10th place car. Tommy Gale was intending to bring Elmo Langley's Sunny King Ford Honda machine home in the top 10. And they've just had the pit. For right side tires, it looks like it's going to be somewhat of a lengthy stop in excess of 20 seconds. But Tommy now puts the Thunderbird back on the racetrack. That will, however, drop him out of the top 10. Tough break.
1: Tommy is a very likable race driver. He has a lot of fun doing this. He's very serious about it on the racetrack, but in the garage area, he goes around. He's always pulling practical jokes. He and Jabe Thomas and some of the other guys, he and Frank Warren used to have quite a few things going between themselves about who would finish, and they had a what a sweepstakes at one time between the two of them for the best finishes for the year so
3: that was three three years ago we kidded about that and i walked up to tommy in the garage yard. i said well what are the stakes for this as far as comparing your best finish at the end of the season he said well he says uh the loser the penalty is death i mean <laughs> he was pretty serious take, about it as far as being no prisoners quoted. right yeah exactly
4: tommy gale
1: also he and dick may hold the line of the year as far as i'm concerned in racing a few well was here last year they were sitting up at the holiday inn having breakfast and david pearson was out here and we're Pearson told the waitress to bring him a bowl of Wheaties, the breakfast of champions. And when Dick May and Tommy Gale ordered, they said, "Bring us a bowl of Fruit Loops. That's the breakfast of strokers." I never will forget that. 185 laps complete in the Budweiser at 400. 15 laps to go, and who is it going to be in victory lane here this afternoon? Earnhardt trying to turn the Wrangler team around, looking for his first win in 1981. Benny Parsons has one victory up at Nashville, Tennessee, a few weeks ago. A win would mean an awful lot to the melling team of Bud Moore. They're back in turn one.
4: At this point, of course, Dale Earnhardt showing the way, and Benny Parsons now as they go by some slower traffic in this instance. There's not a whole ton of traffic to contend with as the attrition rate has been high. So unless the circumstances fall just right, it will not be a traffic situation to kill it all. But the way Dale Earnhardt's been running, it's going to be awfully tough. But maybe Benny's holding something.
5: Earnhardt has the lead, but Parsons seems to be testing him as he comes into turn number three. Parsons moves in close as they come out of four. Parsons looks from time to time like he may want to get around there.
1: Benny Parsons, who's had a chance to watch Dale Earnhardt all afternoon here at Texas World Speedway, takes a look on the inside in turn number one, he may grab the lead.
5: A drag race
4: to the banking, up they go, 22 degrees, Benny is glued down low, he has the lead, Benny Parsons made the move quickly, used the low side of the racetrack as Earnhardt slipped up one groove. Now coming off turn number two, nose to tail, Benny Parsons showing the way, Earnhardt down by a car length as they work that position down the back straightaway, Parsons your leader to turn three.
5: And Parsons holds that lead as they head into turn number three. But Earnhardt is trying to get low. There's a slow car in front of him. He's cleared out on the apron. Side by side. Earnhardt way on the low side. Way underneath. Earnhardt is coming out. Earnhardt is going to take the lead back for Parsons.
3: Well, they made a sandwich out of Tommy Gale. Gale was the beat of the sandwich. And Earnhardt and Parsons were the bread on either side. Now
2: there's a true test from
3: both of them fellows to see what they can do where
2: on the racetrack. That might be the last lap that we just saw.
4: Back in turn one, this time Benny Parsons goes the lane higher than Dale Earnhardt. Dale stays down low, and he's glued low on the racetrack, side by side. Earnhardt to the inside, Benny to the outside. They step on the button off the turn, and it's Parsons showing the way. Benny pulling now by a half car length over Earnhardt to turn three. Well, who
3: knows what Benny Parsons has up his sleeve as he has whisked the lead away from Dale Earnhardt on two successive occasions we're coming down to 11 laps to go in the bud 400 from texas world speedway 10 laps to go the sign being given to benny parsons and dale earnhardt and i think as of about 20 laps ago if you checked the press box or the grandstand you would have had a hard time uh, taking bets on benny parsons to win this race but the complexion of this race has certainly changed and it's about to again in turn three
5: and turn three it is earnhardt just going by parsons parsons held him off for a couple of laps but now earnhardt Coming down on the low side has the lead.
1: Earnhardt, whose strong suit all day here at Texas World Speedway, has been in three and four. He's been able to pin it to the bottom of the racetrack, and when they came out of that corner, he's been ahead of Benny Parsons and Bobby Allison every time it came down to a shootout. Parsons tries he again in turn one. He's there.
4: Inside of Earnhardt, it's Benny Parsons looking straight ahead. It's Buddy Arrington in the line of Dale Earnhardt. Buddy goes high. They make it three wide momentarily, but it's Benny Parsons low on the racetrack, stepped on the button. He has the edge. Scoreboard says lap 191 of 200. Benny Parsons up by a car length
5: over Earnhardt, turn three. Parsons holds that turn, that lead over Earnhardt. Now Parsons is the first to drive low, but Earnhardt is trying to drive lower in that turn. They may be on the grass before it's all over with, but it's Parsons holding the edge on Earnhardt.
1: Benny Parsons for the moment has the lead in the Budweiser 400, and Ned Jarrett it looks like, as they've went off a couple of these corners, that Parsons has a little edge in horsepower.
2: He just might have, with that new engine concept that Bud Moore is using here today, it just might be the trick that he... uh, has been needing all year long. As we said earlier, he's showing more strength today on a super speedway than we have seen all year, and it has to make
3: them feel awfully good. As the leaders run single file, another strong battle shaping up on the racetrack is that for fifth spot. Jody Ridley is reeling in Dave Marcus. Those two drivers on a lap by themselves, two laps in arrears to the leaders, are contesting the fifth position. Petty in fourth is on a lap by himself. Bobby Allison runs in the third position about 10 seconds behind the lead battle. Coming out of turn number four, to take the sign, seven laps to go. Parsons cuts down to the inside, trying to break the draft from Earnhardt. Earnhardt hangs right with him, and a car link separates them as they go to turn one.
4: Earnhardt goes to the high side of Benny now, up the banking in turn number one. Benny stays down low, and Earnhardt has to tuck his way in. So, Benny Parsons using a Dale Earnhardt maneuver of a few laps earlier, trying to break the draft, go low, and force Earnhardt to the high side if he wants to make a pass. Off turn number two, midway, down the back chute now, a car lane separates. Benny Parsons, your leader, Earnhardt second.
5: And it's Parsons holding on to the lead as Earnhardt trying to get down low in turn number three, but Parsons is there first. Parsons going way down near the apron. Earnhardt tries to get inside of him. They're coming up on a slow car. Earnhardt maybe has at the vantage, though Parsons slips through and Parsons holds the lead.
1: Benny Parsons putting out a good move. He blocked a couple of lanes, made Earnhardt come out of the throttle, and he keeps him back there by just a half a car length. As the laps wind down, there are six to go. In turn number one, Parsons in front. Earnhardt rides second, still about a car length back.
4: Exactly as Benny Parsons and Earnhardt went past the Huntsville, Alabama driver, Jimmy Means. Benny pointed the nose of his car a bit lower on the racetrack, again forcing Earnhardt to go high if he so desired. And now it seems to stabilize as the laps keep counting. Earnhardt down by a car length to Parsons.
5: Each time Earnhardt makes a bid, Parsons is seeming to outguess him by going into that same position. He does it as Earnhardt tries to go low. Parsons goes low enough to hold Earnhardt off. Parsons holds the lead. He comes high out of four.
3: At Texas World Speedway, five laps to go in the Budweiser 400. It is Benny Parsons with the Ford. The Melling Tool Machine that leads the Wrangler Jeans Pontiac of Dale Earnhardt by but three car lengths in the backstretch. However, for the last lap, Parsons has been able to maintain that three-car length advantage, except at turn three.
5: Right now, a break, a slow car, and Earnhardt is on the inside. Earnhardt may have the lead. Parsons went to the high side. Earnhardt has the lead coming out of four.
1: That's the one thing Benny didn't want to do, was get up in that high lane, because with Earnhardt, as strong as he is in that end of the racetrack, he could certainly come out of the corner ahead of him. He's proven it all day. Parsons doesn't give up. He's back door-to-door in turn one.
4: And he'll take the low side, nearly bumped as they go around the slower car of Lowell Cowell. Benny Parsons has the lead as he worked to the inside. Earnhardt right there. Now nil is the advantage for Benny. It's nose to tail. Parsons, your leader. Earnhardt running second. They're hugging the outside retaining wall in the back stretch.
5: Nose to tail as they head down turn number three. Nose to tail, but as Parsons diving low once again, cutting Earnhardt off as they comes through turn number three. Heading in for turn number four. Earnhardt still looking for a way around, but he cannot find one with Parsons leading.
1: These two drivers have swapped the lead back and forth Mike Joy, almost among themselves the last what, ten laps almost every time around Parsons has been leading one lap, Earnhardt next time by. Who's it going to be on the final lap? We'll find out in a minute. They're back in turn one and they are door to door again.
4: Again, Dale deploys to the high side but could not make the move, so this time he settles in for a nose to tail situation. It seems to be who makes the move first. Benny goes down low, forcing Earnhardt upstairs or vice versa as the situation has been. Now it's back up to about three car lanes through Benny Parsons. He leads Earnhardt to turn
5: three, Parsons trying to get Earnhardt. Uh, separation of lead now. Parsons cutting low, letting Earnhardt come down low to hold that three car edge. Parsons, if he will be able to do it, so far he does, but there's low traffic up ahead.
3: As they battle for the lead, coming up on a group of three lapped cars Tommy Gale, Dick Bay, and Richard Childress. Tremendous battle for the fifth spot. Dave Marcus and Jody Ridley are going at it on the back stretch. That's for fifth position lead battle to turn one, two laps to go.
4: Benny Parsons, the leader, up by two and a half car lanes over Earnhardt. They get by Dick May. Now, as Benny goes to the high side of Tommy Gale, so too does Earnhardt. It's now up to four car lanes for Benny Parsons. Make it five now, as Benny pulls Earnhardt off the back straight away towards turn three.
5: And Benny Parsons hits by H.B. Bailey as he turns into three. He has it five, six, seven car lanes. But Dale Earnhardt is making a move, trying to come low, trying to close that gap. Penny Parsons has Earnhardt where he wants him at this moment.
1: Well, Penny Parsons has pulled the stopper out, Mike Joy. He has, and he
3: is running away from Earnhardt as he takes the white flag in turn two. Tremendous battle for fifth spot. Ridley and Marcus have run an entire lap side by side as they run for fifth. The leaders in turn one for the last time.
4: Midway between the turn, Betty Parsons stays low. Earnhardt stays low. It's the edge of seven, maybe eight, now making nine car lanes for Benny Parsons. He turns up the wick on the melling tool entry. But more in the crew watching as Benny Parsons has ten car lanes of an edge to turn three over Earnhardt.
5: But Earnhardt tries to make a move. Earnhardt has been leading much of this afternoon. Has been going that low gale. Now Benny Parsons is bidding him to it. But Earnhardt is coming back. Earnhardt is beginning to close on Benny Parsons.
1: As they come out of turn number four, Parsons by four car lengths. Earnhardt will take a run at him, but he will not make it. And Benny Parsons will win the Budweiser 400 here at College Station, Texas, by some three car lengths over the Wrangler machine of Dale Earnhardt. And that battle for the other spot, fourth... A good one, Mike Joy. It's for fifth spot, and it's in the backstretch. Ridley
3: had the position until they come out of turn number two. Dave Marcus has gone by Ridley. He knows it's for position. Now Ridley puts the Ford on the bottom of the racetrack as they run for fifth
1: position. Marcus up on the high side. Ridley on the bottom. They come to the line for fifth spot. Coming down to the line, a door-to-door battle between Jody Ridley and Dave Marcus. It's going to be a photo finish between these two. As they cross the line, it will be Marcus by just about a couple of feet. Dave Marcus will finish fifth. Again, winning the race, Benny Parsons, Earnhardt finishing second, Bobby Allison runs third, Richard Petty is fourth, and finishing in fifth spot is Dave Marcus, and sixth is Jody Ridley.
3: Benny Parsons has won the Budweiser NASCAR 400 for Bud Moore and the Melling Tool crew. Let's go to Ned Jarrett in Victory Lane.
2: He has just pulled the Melling Tool forward into Victory Lane here. The crew in there unbuckling his safety paraphernalia. He is absolutely ringing wet. We've mentioned several times that it's been awfully hot, very humid here today at the Texas World Speedway, and certainly he had his work cut out for him to get in victory lane for the second time during the 1981 season. But he's a happy fellow now as he got a smile on his face as he gets his helmet unbuckled, the radio equipment unhooked still. There's a lot of equipment we might explain to be unhooked before a driver can even exit one of these NASCAR Winston Cup cars. And most of the time when they're in victory lane, they sort of take that a little bit slow and easy because they want to get their thoughts collected and their face uh, wiped off to greet all of the fans as they pull out because uh, they know that they're going to be the star and the attention getters. And here he is, Benny Parsons. Congratulations. Thanks, Ned. I'll tell you. Someone. Hey, Bud. <laughs> well, a congratulations here from Benny Parsons to Moore. Bud Moore. Benny,
0: you look exhausted. Feel great. Whatever gave you that idea, Nick? <laughs>
2: well, you're ringing wet. It had to be awfully hot out there, and especially the way that competition
0: was. Pretty keen, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I'll tell you what. That Earnhardt gave me more than I wanted. Believe me. Benny, you, you very alertly and very smartly
2: stayed behind Dale Earnhardt there after that last pit stop for about 20 laps so that you could pull away
0: from Bobby Allison. I assumed that that was the plan. Is that right? Yeah, Bud said, told me to draft on Dale, and let's see if we couldn't get away from Bobby. I just have two of us to run for the lead, and uh, it sounded like a good idea to me. So I guess I've fallen for 20 laps, and we were able to get away from Bobby, because Earnhardt was tough. He was awfully strong all day.
2: You went high in that turn one time, and he managed to get around you up there, but you quickly went right back around him. So you had a lot of confidence staying out in front there near the end, thinking that he would not be able to draft past you.
0: Yeah, I could get, the car could get off the corner just absolutely fantastic. You know, just got off the corner like Jack the Bear. And that's why I wanted to be in front, because I could get off the corner so well. Earnhardt would catch me at the end, but start finish lines in the middle. Strongest we've seen this forward run on the super speedways all year.
5: Maybe got something going now, Bud, you reckon? Bud, what about it? Well, Ned, I think the car run beautiful all day, and you have to give them guys in uh, Spartanburg... In the engine shop, a lot of credit because this is a new, whole new concept uh, engine, and uh, it just runs beautiful all day. And uh, we're looking forward to win some more races with this deal.
2: So you're going to stick with that concept.
5: Well, I'd say right now we'll be with, in Michigan with this same setup, and uh, the car just run good all day, and Benny drove a real good race, and uh, you had to hand it to my crew, all the crew. The, we beat them every time in the pits. It didn't make any difference. We beat them so bad it was unbelievable.
2: Okay, there's a man with a lot of confidence, and he should have but should have that confidence because they're in victory lane.
3: Here at College Station, Texas, Benny Parsons of Ellerbe, North Carolina, has scored a convincing Couple of Carlinks victory over Dale Earnhardt in winning the Budweiser NASCAR four hundred. Parsons just bided his time until about twenty laps to go in a three car battle involving Earnhardt, Parsons and Bobby Allison. Parsons was able to hook up with Earnhardt's regular jeans-machined Pontiac and drive Bud Moore's Thunderbird away, the two of them hooking up in a draft and running away from the field. And when it all came down to the money laps, Parsons had the handling and the muscle to get out front and stay there, although the lead was traded back and forth some ten times in the last ten laps. Parsons wins it. Dale Earnhardt finishes in second spot, and Bobby Allison is some eight seconds back in third. One lap down when he had to pit early unexpectedly in the race was Richard Petty. He hung on to finish in fourth. In a near photo finish, Dave Marcus held on for the fifth position just ahead of Jody Ridley by a foot. Seventh, going to Lake Speed. In the eighth finishing position was rookie Tim Richmond. Ninth went to Harry Gant. Tenth to California driver Joe Rutman. Finishing 11th was Tommy Gale. Twelfth to J.D. McDuffie. Thirteenth to Buddy Arrington. Fourteenth was Texan H.P. Bailey. Richard Childress was 15th. The 16th position went to Dick May. In 17th was Lowell Cowell. Cecil Gordon was 18th, 19th to Ronnie Thomas, and 20th to Jimmy Means. Finishing 21st today was Rick Baldwin of Corpus Christi. 22nd was Randy Ogden. Terry Labonte, the pole sitter, crashed early in the race. He wound up 23rd after running well the first half of the event. Ricky Rudd blew an engine to wind up 24th. James Hilton was 25th. Bobby Walwack, 26th. 27th was Roger Hamby, and 28th was Rick Newsom. Darrell Waltrip and Kyle Petty, both blew engines to end up 29th and 30th. 31st was Morgan Shepard. 32nd, D.K. Ulrich. Kurt Schelmerdine was 33rd, and Baxter Price was the 34th and final finisher at College Station, Texas, in the NASCAR Winston Cup Budweiser 400.
1: Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR
0: and the Motor Racing Network.